We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, one and all, to Maniacal Music Musings. I'm your host, Jeremy, as always, and I'm just here sitting under the moon, well, somehow, wondering how many times I've listened to my co-host album choices. God help me. God help me every fucking day of my life. Pretty soon, I'll have to release some Southwest voodoo on his piggy pie ass. Then, boom, hocus pocus, he'll finally know the pain of the private pain of techno. That's right, double the pain, motherfucker. Speaking of my penguin of a co-host, though, he don't need a man, but he's a Billy Badass all by himself. He's got a woolly muffler from being a flagpole sitter while wearing his old hat. His first rule is, don't touch his preschool prostitute or it will be an endless apocalypse with problems and bigger ones somehow. He lives in the House of Horrors, and Boogie Woogie Woo is his roommate. So welcome back, Canty Motherfucking Rife. Hi. The anticipation. Patient. Time. <laughs> yes, welcome back to another episode. Of that's like, that's got to be one of my favorite things about this episode. I'm literally dying over here. Oh, God. And yes, folks, Chansey is dying. Well, actually, okay. Ch- Chansey's not really dying. Metaphorically I'm, speaking. I'm sick. Our guest is getting over being sick, and Chansey's just sick in the head to begin with. So, well, I'm not sick. Are- I'm not sick, but I'm not well. <laughs> this is true. This is very, very true, folks. But before Chansey gets even more unwell, let's welcome our guest on. He's a stand-up comedian, Mr. Glenn Tickle, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, I love friend. that fucking last name. It's, it served me well. I'm sure. I, I mean, uh, how many women, once you've gone up to your life and be like, they call me Tickle, Glenn Tickle. <laughs> I've gotten a weird number of people messaging me with screenshots of like women on dating apps uh, whose like first name is Tess. And they're like, if your last name is Tickle, I will marry you immediately. And I have like a different version of that joke. And when I started doing it, my mom's like, that joke has been in our family for hundreds of years. I'm like, yeah, but I made it art you know like I, I put some work into it i squeezed money out of this dumb joke <laughs> <laughs> so okay yeah. like but for real though i gotta ask yeah how many times do you swipe right when you come across them profiles where you're like yo what's up i mean i've been married to a, a woman i met when we were in the seventh grade so i've i've never actually used dating apps Who's it's got two thumbs and 
who's got one thumb and feels like an asshole? <laughs> this guy. It's weird though, because like the when I remember when they came out, it's like I thought like the novelty of it seemed interesting, but it's like I don't I don't want to like date anybody. I just want to see who a computer thinks I should date. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I kind of see that though. They're always I'm pretty wrong, sure it would so. just be like your wife, dummy. <laughs> go go on a date with your wife who you love. I would do. I would look at my phone. Like, did my wife get to this? Did my wife get to this somehow? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> if I like, I if I ever had a daughter or like, something like that, I as a just like you know if they were you know when they got older as a teenager or whatever, like listen. Listen, young lady, you were this close to be naming Contessa, all right? <laughs> to being named Contessa. And they'd be like, why? Well, Tess is a nickname for Contessa. And yeah, then just yeah. draw the whole thing. I, I'm I, I'm obviously not a professional comedian, <laughs> but, you know. You can punch that up. He, just, <laughs> he plays one on TV, though. He plays one on TV, folks. But- no, I, I've, I'm actually pretty sure that if I try, like, with with my job that I never can discuss, it's like I have a secret, you know, G twelve classified oh, government yeah, job. Yeah, uh, oh. uh, I I could tell stories about some of the some of the as things I've encountered through the job, if ever someday I could, that would definitely make up for at least a good thirty minutes set, like stand up set. That's what oh, I try cool. to make it sound like when I meet people and I don't want to tell them that I'm a comedian. I just try to make it. I just like talk about work vaguely until the, like the goal being they think I'm some kind of military contractor. Oh, nice. Like, no, I just I travel a lot because I got to go tell people dumb jokes. But the second you tell uh, somebody you're a comedian, they're like, oh, tell me a joke. I don't I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I, I got I got one for you. I got one for you. That doesn't even have to be vague and conspiratorial. When they ask you what you do, you say, I travel a lot to make people's lives less miserable. <laughs> I uh, I assassinate people professionally. <laughs> that, There's your follow-up because they're going to go. They're going to. Yeah. Yeah. That's your follow-up because they're going to be like, well, what do you do to make their lives mes- less miserable? Uh, well, I, I end it for them. <laughs> well, OK. Yeah, I mean, that's that all true. If that's true at all, that we might have to talk after the show's over, just saying. But, um, ah, well, Glenn, well, one, what kind of comedy do you do? I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, I would say, uh, po- po- the polite narcissism, <laughs> if, if I had to polite boil it down. That, that's a fucking oxymoron, sir. <laughs> polite narcissism. No, you can be nice about it. It's just, you- I like talking about myself more than. Like I don't, uh, I do, most of the jokes are like stories about things that have happened to me. Oh, um, so you're oh, okay. So you're talking about non-toxic narcissism. Yeah, not the malignant. All right, uh, all right. Uh, now we're on the same page because like, I was my like, first album came out and it went up on uh, Pandora. I was really excited because it'll like you put it in an album and then Pandora's like, oh, you like this? You'll also love this, this, and this. So I put my own album in to see who it thought i would also enjoy uh and it was uh paul f Tompkins. if you're familiar with him was the first one and that made me feel great but then i looked and they they put tags on it for like how they qualify it and it was like clean comedy uh family stories i think was the other one the one i remember most was self-satisfied delivery and it's like 
damn pandora <laughs> like, damn i mean you cut me to the bone but like that's right 100% accurate like no one enjoys hearing me tell jokes more than i do uh i am i am very self-satisfied they nailed it um oh that's me in a nutshell too i mean fuck that's all my <laughs> podcasters i work with but well as always folks we had glenn pick an album to bring to try to impress me in chanting ways and what album did you want to bring glenn Oh, I didn't realize I was supposed to impress you. I brought Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone uh, by my favorite band, <laughs> Harvey Danger. band i decided was my favorite band in like eighth grade and uh i'm 40 now so i don't i'm pretty sure it's just gonna it's just gonna stick i I don't see them getting unseated anytime soon uh this was their this was their first album uh featuring the song flagpole sitta the one everybody knows the one people erroneously think is called paranoia Uh, yeah right also i remember getting it off of napster in high school it kept being credited to weezer instead of harvey danger i could see that i could see that but it's been so long since i've heard somebody talk about napster i feel like Um, like we bonded (laughs) on so many levels because i'm like i'm 38 so it's like oh my god yeah it's like sat the other day at a at a record store so i wanted it to do like material about bands and musicians and stuff so i mentioned uh a cassette tape that i listened to a lot in the sixth grade and the the two record store owners were like older than me so like we get it and then the guy shooting it is younger than me he's like i don't know what that is <laughs> yeah jesus help this world but yeah. i'm gonna let chance to go first with review for your album on this week's episode i feel like yeah. he hasn't gone for, i feel like he hasn't gone after the guest in a long time so uh well let's not church it up jeremy you just want your album to go last because this is your one opportunity to be like oh this is the greater of the da 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 because he actually no no because because he actually chose he actually chose a good album for once in my lifetime but i'll uh i'll go like i said i will graciously give my review for this album next sir why thank why thank you wise pharaoh now come on uh so really torn right so like i only ever knew of the band from flagpole sitta absolutely fucking adored i do i still love flagpole sitta like i basically know all the words to it almost at any time (laughs) but then like like i listened to it and it was just like it was almost like flagpole said it should have been on a different album Mm -hmm. i can see that yeah like this album like every other part of this album felt like it was a band trying to get their feet wet like get it underneath to get their feet underneath them for their first album kind of thing. And then you have this fucking rocket ship like flagpole sitter that just 
fucking takes you right straight to you know where you need like maybe an album or two to get to. <laughs> not to well, say that I not to say that I didn't like the album. I mean, Pardon it was me. like their big single, so it's like you're not I know. you're not alone in that assessment. That was really the only one uh, that like kind of hit. They had a couple others that they tried to float as singles that didn't do that well um, off this album, and then also later. But uh, yeah, like that was their that was their big breakout, and uh, even the band like they the band has said they're like they stopped playing it after a while because it was like the one thing people wanted from them, and they were you know gen x seattle kids so they're like we're not gonna do what you tell us to do right they they would go and do shows but not play the one song that everybody wanted to hear which i'm sure drove people nuts but oh absolutely yeah i i I mean i would have been happy to have heard the other stuff but still been pissed that they didn't you know like encore with it or something like you know speaking of which chancy speaking of which I told you my coworker went and saw Mashuga and uh, Lamb of God, or not Lamb of God, uh, in, in Flames this past weekend. Guess I, what song Mashuga? Guess what song Mashuga opens the set with? Opens the set. Yep. Oh, bleed. Yeah, I I was amazed. I thought it'd be the closing song. No way, dude. That he has to get that out of the way right out the gate because of the fact that like it requires so much of him. That if he does it towards the end of the show, he's not a hundred percent sure if he can actually do the thing. Like even talking to a, 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 like interviews talking about recording it onto the album, his biggest concern was not being able to get it down right in time to get it recorded in time for the fucking deadline for the album. Like it's fucking. Sorry, sorry, Glenn. This is a complete. Yeah, I don't know this song. What is it like so, a technical feat that he has to do? So, oh yeah, so Mashuga is a. They're called like Gent, but it's a heavy yeah. metal band from. Uh, I don't remember the names. The name of the country they're from. Okay, so here's the ticket, right? Um, you know how on drums you get a lot of like timing stuff done up here. Yeah. You know. Like the normally it's like, you know, for keeping time, it goes like, dude, dude, it goes floor, floor, high, floor, floor, high. It goes the opposite direction on this, uh, on this song specifically. Like he literally plays the bass drums at 32nd notes, which is like, just, but I can't even go fast enough to do it justice, but he's literally doing the do, do, da, do, 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 that part all up here on the top part of the fucking drum set like He's just stomping away <laughs> and, and honestly if you watch drum cams of it, it it looks like he's fucking bored he's just sitting there and he's just and the whole time he's these hands are just doing yeah the whole time the, these hands are just doing this it's just literally like fucking it's like what the fuck then not only is it that he he does like three separate tempo changes staying within the same like same note range kind of stuff like it like it's the kind of thing that like professional drummers go to watch uh bill burr i'm sure you know of bill burr yeah the, yeah obviously but like uh he is learning or trying to learn how to play drums and stuff 
and he and his instructor told him to go see these guys and went and saw him and went and got in the VIP area and said that he saw a bunch of professional drummers there just to watch it because of that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those things. But you know, also completely off topic and fucking. I mean, the opposite <laughs> of that is like what you said about Harvey Danger, where the the album feels like they're just trying to get their feet under them, uh, which is true. I forget where, and I'm probably misquoting it, but they said at the time they're like, "Yeah, we're like the epitome of the band that doesn't know how to play their instruments." When we went to record the album, like they uh like kind of got together like didn't didn't really blow up but like we're doing well in seattle like pretty quickly and then they're like oh well now we have this chance to record an album we don't really know what we're doing yet and right uh they you know went ahead and did it anyway and i think in uh not that there's a ton of harvey danger fans out there but like it's not their best album. Flagpole Sit is not their best song by a long shot. Where like, if you're going to see them because that's the one song you want to hear, and you see them, they don't play it. I could see why it would be disappointing. Uh, I've seen them twice, and it was both both times they did play it. The first time, uh, it was a couple years before they broke up finally, and it was the opening band. I forget the name of it, but like, it were these really young kids, and they were so excited to get to go on tour with Harvey Danger because they were such big fans and they're like fine we'll play it <laughs> like they were playing it for these kids so they yeah. came out and like, like they let that band on stage and they played it together oh that's uh, cool though and it was a lot of fun and then I saw them on the farewell tour and on that one they played literally every song they have like which the, that's the awesome too albums, all the b-sides and it's like it was like a three and a half hour show and it was uh, incredible for me a guy who absolutely loves this band but like i was there with uh some friends and my my best friend also really likes them but we were there with i think his girlfriend at the time and my wife and at, at like hour three they started to look a little bored i gotta say right well naturally yeah that's understandable yeah for yeah. me i guess for me though the reason flagpole did a hit with me like it did was like when i came across it and how well how much it resonated with me like I was, was serving behavior soundtrack. Is that where? Is that where you? Found no, it? no, no. Actually, it was through Napster that I found it. Oh, nice! Like I literally like came across it. Like I think uh, I think it was because of the name of the, the song called Flagpole Sitta, or possibly because I was looking for some uh, Rodney Dangerfield stuff and I saw Harvey Danger and I was like, oh, well, you know. Yeah, I think it was in the trailer for the movie Disturbing Behavior, which is where I. Uh, I think I, I heard it the first time. I was like, this you're right. Cool. You're right, though. It isn't. It isn't one of those. I do remember being in a '90s trailer for sure. Yeah, and that uh, was, I, I mean, kind of. I, I think that's kind of what blew them up because uh, everybody heard it's like, oh, that's pretty good. But then you know, everybody else got the album. Like you said, it does kind of stand out against the other songs, where See, it's not. You know, it's not an album of twelve flagpole sitters. It's like right, which not, nothing's uh, going. Go, sorry, Jeremy. I mean, it's it's you're right. It's not an album of twelve flagpole sitters by far, because like Chancy, that's the only song by this band I ever heard of. And like literally, I I don't even I think I when I first got your album, I was literally clicking through different songs just to see what they sound like. And I hit that song, and I didn't even like know that I didn't know that song by name by any freaking means. So I hit it, and I was like, wait a minute, I recognize this opening. I recognize this song. Oh. 
I'm like, oh, I wonder if the rest of the music's like this. Nope. But <laughs> really? I mean, it was. It, I mean, not, not a bad way, not a bad way at all. But it was the epitome yo, of like, this is a soundtrack song from the early 2000s. It was on. So, it was in American Pie. It was in so many movies from the early 2000s. Accepted, <laughs> I think it was into. I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't Scooby Doo too. Monsters Unleashed. was on the soundtrack for that because <laughs> I looked. I, I looked up to see where it was. I looked up to see what if I could find a list of soundtracks was on in this. That's the only one. That's the only one. That's the only one I found that actually like it was listed as being on the soundtrack for that one. But I know it was in like it was in Malcolm in the Middle for an episode. On an episode, I'm pretty sure at least part. Of I it. mean, it was the the theme song for for Peep Show for I think most. Of, I, I think never they watched it. it. It was, I, like but I never it. watched people. So show. many of my comedy friends love this show. I can't get over the POV. It bugs me so much. It feels like such I a weird gimmick. Yeah. I can't get into anything beyond like the fact that it's shot in first person just drives me insane. Oh yeah. dude. I have a I have a move. I actually can I have a recommendation that could change your mind for that. Let's hear it. Maniac. You know the old the old eighties slasher film Maniac from no. back in the day? Okay, well, back in the 80s, they made this slasher film called Maniac. It's about a guy who's got a lot of problems, yada, yada, yada. doesn't yeah, matter. <laughs> and uh, one, of the, one of the things that people remember the most about it is, A, Tom Savini was uh, involved in the special effects. And then he also, there's a scene where Tom Savini dies. But in the shot, he's literally, he shoots. So Tom Savini does the shot. So he plays the killer. And then he actually shoots a full bust of himself that's loaded with brains and whatnot with a live shotgun round. So he basically shoots himself in the face. And it was a big deal because of obviously being so realistic because it was literally fucking real. But like uh, they did a remake of that movie and I don't remember the exact year that they did it. However, they got Elijah Wood to play the bad guy and as the little twist that they were going to do for the reboot they did everything that you see through the maniac is pov so like you'll see and uh like and it's not even really much of a spoiler for you but like there's this one scene where he's like kind of stalking this girl trying to get her and you literally just watch him like cut her achilles tendon with a like a blade or whatever and then you it just shows the Friday the 13th too like not everything but you get a lot of pov shots so yeah on the original one yeah, yeah yeah uh and jason's yes to some degree but this is like oh right above it's totally above and beyond um, it's above and, that and beyond out, that came out in 2012 2012 chance i just googled thanks it. thank you buddy but it's like it, i think it's credited be as being like it's one of the first movies where it had the most because it was like at least mid 80s to 90 percent of the time it's pov through elijah woods you know point of view it's and it's still really good because like i was like i was you know i'm kind of the same where i don't really like pov stuff on movies because it's really kind of tacky i think it's just in i mean it feels so gimmicky in peep show and uh, like Mitchell Webb did a sketch show with a lot of the same people uh, that I love. Like it was the that that Mitchell and Webb look is one of my favorite sketch shows of all time. So it's not that I don't like them or think they're. It's just I can't get over the camera stuff. And right, like it yeah. immediately takes me out of it because this like 
every time they switch, I just picture, well, now they're just staring down the barrel of a camera. I can't get that image out of my head to like focus on what's happening in the scene. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying there, but there's like certain, like there's one scene in particular where he goes into a bathroom and you can see his reflection, but you don't see the camera. So like it's it it really it's a, it it almost kind of helps to immerse you even further into the yeah the I mean, overall like, experience POV as a whole puts me off but just like the combination well, this, so, of it's like it's it's POV it keeps changing uh that'll POV. do yeah it's like oh it's yeah a lot of it's shot with like a weird wide angle lens so everything like looks weirdly rounded like it just I can't, the I fish never, the fish the fish islands yeah yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I could see. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So at least this movie might give you the idea as to whether it's just I'll the fish island or, but it's yeah, totally, totally recommendable. Fucking definitely an awesome movie. Well, the only time I'll say that first person POV is okay is that one scene at the end of the Doom movie. That's the Shut only time up! I knew you were going to say that garbage, <laughs> man. No, that was just like playing the game back in the day. So that was freaking awesome. I mean, that's but, the that's the that's the joke. <laughs> like that's that's what they're going for right joke's the right word but yeah <laughs> pepperidge farm remembers yeah that was their that's chappy moment of like hey you guys remember remember like before right uh, uh, pepperidge farm remember. remembers <laughs> remember member berries remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah go with the more current joke chancy but all right uh <laughs> Je- yes jeremy your review well, as I was saying, I mean, this flagpole said it was like a iconic 2000s, early 2000s, like theme song for a lot of different things. Like I must have heard it in probably five or six different TV shows, at least like at least 20 different movies. It's at least one song in it. it so quite a bit. it did. And I mean, this CD is nothing like that song, though. And it's not a I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's not. A, I mean, eh, I'm not going to say it's not a great thing because it kind of differs them and it makes them great and some of the songs in this album i'm gonna say right away i was just like sitting there like is this over yet is this over yet but uh, other songs in this album i was definitely like just like all right i could rock out to this i can enjoy this immensely i will and the lyrics in a lot of these are like good like the metaphors and everything are freaking right on cue and it's just like all right i get this i get this i can understand this and respect it a lot more than some stuff my co-host has brought but and I mean, yeah, and they're from Seattle and they didn't go into the whole grunge thing. They didn't want to be like, we want to be Nirvana. No, yeah, they went they into their own thing, which that. is greater. Ah, uh, it doesn't matter how late you are. They, there are still bands that try to do that. But yeah. But I mean, but, I mean they the didn't lyrics try to do it. Probably what attracts me to this band the most. I mean, a lot of most of the songs are written by the lead singer, Sean Nelson. Uh, and it's as there's like recurring themes across the albums where it's like, oh, he's using that that trick again or like oh he's pulling from uh this theme that is clearly very important to him uh and it's there's a couple times where like if you listen to some of the b-side stuff there'll be a line that maybe that song never got recorded on an album but he took that line and put it somewhere else uh because he liked it and it's like oh yeah that's it's nice to see kind of like the process of it all when you get that deep into listening to stuff over time uh, like that, evolution of art yeah, like I don't think I've done that with any other band, uh, or maybe it's just that I found a bunch of these B sides on Napster and had access to them in a way that maybe wasn't intended. I mean, I think it was because they did uh, 
the last album they put out was just like a collection of all the unreleased stuff that they were selling uh originally it's streaming now but it wasn't for a long time because they're like no we're just going to sell it as physical cds at the shows on the farewell tour so if you want it come see the show and right uh they ran out when i went to see them uh so i had a friend go to i paid a friend to go to the show in chicago get me a cd and then they also had uh they put out like a poetry book of all the lyrics um oh no i did i bought the cd at the show but they didn't have the book they ran out of that so i sent him to get me the book and mail me a copy uh and it's yeah like i can't think of any other band that even comes close to like that level of me giving a shit like there's bands that i enjoy but i don't know interesting i'm curious to hear what your top five songs were off this glenn what were your top five songs off your own album Sure, I put a lot of time into thinking about the top fives for the two that you guys put in, but then didn't think about mine until like w- right before we sat down to record. Uh, Fly pulls it is not top five for me. Uh, it might actually be last on the album because it's just like I've heard it so much. I kind of get mm-hmm. like the the point the band made of just like we don't care about this it's song played, that it, much. People misunderstand it. Yeah, yeah, like. Uh, sean nelson has talked about he's like people would come up and tell me they got their tongues pierced because of this song and he's like guys it's it's ironic like you're not (laughs) you're not supposed to uh it's like the people who watch fight club and then go start a fight club it's like i don't think you get the point uh but also like it's hard to get irony across in a song you know uh flagpole sitta is uh, i've got it right in front of me 338 so like it's not i mean a lot of time to really Get into subtext. <laughs> Sorry, the agony and the irony are killing. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the the whole thing. Also, uh, I've heard them talk about we're like, oh, everyone thinks the lead singer's name is Harvey. I'm like, well, you guys did you did call that you you call yourselves that? Like Darius Rucker used to get insane when people would call him Hootie. He would get so yep. mad. It's like, well, bud, you called the band Hootie and the Blowfish. What do you think was going to happen? You get no right. sympathy for me, Hootie. Relax. Um, but to answer your question of of top five, I'll, I will go bottom up, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to start uh, number five with Terminal Annex. Uh, it's the uh, I, I'm so terrified to sing publicly, but the the recurring line of uh, like a zero drowning in a sea of bigger numbers, larger numbers. Uh, <coughs> is uh i think the probably the closest in terms of just like a song you can kind of like throw in a movie trailer you know without thinking too much about uh but i like it a lot i mean i like the whole album like front to back it's not like i skip flag bullshit when it comes on i get as excited as anybody it's just i've listened to it a billion times Uh, right old hat i really like um mm-hmm. that's the one so they have uh I, f- I forget the woman who did the vocals on the recording um but like what the when i saw them live they brought up a fan because the woman who was supposed to come and do it with them couldn't get to the show so before the song they're like we need someone who can do the girl part from old hat does anybody want to come that, up? and this, this girl's just like i got you and she came up and did it and like and nailed it uh, and I know like sometimes bands like do plants of stuff like that, but this was like a small enough show that's like, it seems unlikely that they would have put on the artifice. Um, but it is just like musically interesting because like the, there is kind of a, a call and response between 
uh sean nelson and the woman doing that part but it's like kind of out of time it's like he is talking over her in a way that is really interesting yeah uh and it comes they they do a similar thing um i'm blanking on the name because i've only been listening to this album uh in prep uh on one of the other albums where it's just like he's not listening (laughs) like he will say something the woman says something back it is clear he is not listening that just like comes across as like kind of a joke to me that i really like um (laughs) are you talking about one of our albums no a later Uh, oh okay i was like I was like, uh, I might know which one he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of people not listening to women on the two albums that you guys sent. Uh, next, I would say is probably Wrecking mm-hmm. Ball, uh, which is like again, like when I put if I'm in a car, I remember specifically I was driving somewhere in college uh, with a friend, and I had this album on, and Wrecking Ball was on, and she's just like, "What." is this song and can we please listen to something else <laughs> and, it's like, <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like i love this song but like i do see your point it is it is kind of a, a downer uh but it's a i love it and uh <laughs> number two spot goes to problems and bigger ones uh i went to school for film and this i used this over the the credits of a one of my first shorts uh and it's again it's like another it's the antithesis of flag bullshit. Like this is not a, a, a horror movie trailer song. This is a, I'm kind of sad and I'm 19 and have feelings. So let me put this song in a movie song. You know, right. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite off the album is probably woolly muffler or not. Um, <coughs> sorry, not woolly muffler. I looked over at my list. It is private helicopter. This was one of the other ones they did a music video for, but didn't like take off uh, to use a helicopter pun. But I can see why it, it is. It's just like the kind of thematically the song is like the idea of moving on from one time of your life into another one. And then you are then faced with the earlier time in your life. Like uh, it is about, you know, your your former best friend, your favorite ex-girlfriend. And it's like, oh, well, now like we're hanging out again. And what what is that like now that we're all a couple of years older uh, was really awkward shit. I'm guessing. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, this came out in 1997. I was in 7th going into 8th grade. Um, and then, All of our albums came out in 97. Was that the, was that the common theme? So That's like, the common theme, yeah, Chancey. So, fucking throwing out so, the fucking punchline for the joke. Essentially, <laughs> what happens is, is Jeremy will get the recommended, you know, like you're, he got your recommendation or whatever, and then he chose one, and he's like, hey, See if you can find something from 1997. You want to know what's from 1997? Oh, you want to know? Oh, dude. Oh, dude. You want to know what, dude? Here's what's here's what's really fucked up. Okay, out of all the albums I could have chose, I fucking brought most of them. Like the Um, prodigy, mm -hmm. like the prodigy's fat of the land with fucking you know breathe and fucking uh, fire starter and fucking all that shit. And like fucking what else was it? It was so fucking man. Savage Gardens, fucking uh, Savage Garden. Not you. What's that? I brought that, not you. I thought I brought that one. I brought that one. Jess was on one of our first episodes. I know. I, like I know. Probably fit in. Like if you were putting a playlist together, I think you're more likely to include Savage Garden with Harvey Danger songs than. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but either of the albums that you guys brought, like if I was making a 1997 me in middle school playlist, 
I could see Savage Garden making the cut. Uh, let's see what else is there. I can't remember the the whole list off the top of my head, but literally all of them was there was, was a bunch uh, of people, there was oh, a bunch dude. of dude, so many of them, and it was so upsetting, mostly because of the fact that I couldn't fucking bring them back, and fucking <laughs> quite upsetting, quite upsetting indeed. Well, Janty, I am very happy with what you ended up picking, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, and I'm happy you can find any. I'm happy you can bring any other ones back because I probably prefer this one a little more. But Janty, what were your top five off of Harvey Danger? And what's okay. going on, Jeff? Glad to see you watching. Hi, what's up, Jeff? <clears throat> Pardon me. I just saw that right as it was disappearing. Welcome yeah. from Ohio, a place I was supposed to go to last weekend, but couldn't because I was sick. I uh, I had two honorable mentions, and ironically, they were more of his favorite. That was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Seven was old hat. I like mm-hmm. a good call and response kind of thing. Uh, number six was private helicopter. Uh, number five was wrecking ball. Uh, number four was Wooly Muffler. <laughs> or no, wait. Number four was Radio Silence. I'm sorry. Number three was Wooly Muffler. I and love then Radio Silence, but having to skip the last minute and a half because there's a weird pause. That's why I loved it. For me. <laughs> that's why I put it on there. Uh, number two was Terminal Annex. And then, of course, obviously, number one's Flagpole Sitta. But like like I said, it resonated with me like it, like it did because of the when, where, and how it came into my life. Like, <clears throat> now, you know, I just got it down off a of Napster, had it on a Burt CD, had a Discman, which just got, like, you know, got done going, like, overseas on a trip to Europe for school and stuff. So, like, that whole line about been around the world and found that only stupid people are breeding. Like, <laughs> so much of the lyrics literally just, like, stood out to me. Yeah, I love that. I love that line. I love that line. <laughs> it's a good one. Also, like, I didn't know we were doing honorable mentions. I would have thrown one to Carlotta Valdez just because it is a '90s rock song about the Alfred Hitchcock movie Vertigo. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. I said honorable mentions. Yeah. Well, no, you said it's all good. I didn't. I didn't think to do them uh, for my. Ah, uh, well, that's all good. It's all good, man. Well, well see, for uh, Harvey Danger, I had two honorable mentions as well because I had to. And the first I'm gonna mention is Radio Silence because I love at the end of the first part of the song, like before the minute and a half break, where they start getting like really heavy at the end of that. Like I freaking love yeah. that. Like that was awesome. And then it was weird with like the minute and a half, and I'm like skipping forward through the silence, like wait, I know there's gonna be something. I know there's gonna yeah, be something. I'm gonna hear what it backwards. is. It's like an interesting yeah. holdover from that period of music recording. There's a there's an alternate version of the song on. Uh, the that album I was talking about that they put out on the farewell tour, Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, that uh, is also very good. Yeah, I'll check it out. But and then my number six was Problems and Bigger Ones, because I did dig that. The top five though, nothing else could took their place really, because number five was Carlotta Valdez. Because the fact they opened the album with that song just kind of like I was like, all right, right off the bat, I'm like I I could dig this, I could dig this. It gets nice and heavy, and I, I wouldn't have got the vertical reference. I don't think I've ever seen Vertigo, but that is the one that, like, I would say 
kind of holds its own against private health or uh flagpole sitta as a like rock song but it is like kind of esoteric because it's about a movie from the 60s that right I, like, I just knew it as a song for a long time and then uh and i had seen vertigo like i like i said i went to school for film i'm a big movie nerd and it just never clicked for some reason and it's like oh and then like next time i listen to it, it's like yeah how it's like at the end of the sixth sense where you find out bruce willis is dead and then they show you the montage uh, all the times you should have realized that he was dead and you're like oh yeah all right i see what you did movie and then yeah, you never see, to see that movie again see i didn't watch the sixth sense until like a couple years ago so like i knew that i knew the you just knew the reference my, yeah i knew the reference my whole life and just like i got i watched the movie and i'm like how do people not realize he's dead the whole time like <laughs> i'm like maybe it's that first time experience like when you don't know what's going to happen but i'm sure people in theaters are like oh my god but my number four well, and after yeah if you look on spotify their top five songs are carlotta valdez is the only song off this album besides like most of that's in the top five so what are the other number i have no idea they were from oh, some okay. other albums but I, I was just trying to see what this album was in the top five songs i, I like to do that with artists i never heard of before like yeah. i like to see what the album they're bringing me like all right how many of these are in the top five on spotify i but, would guess authenticity is one of them uh it's from uh, their second album well, it was my... in uh saving silverman uh that was oh uh, i uh, oh i i love that oh damn i i love that movie <laughs> it is there's like a they're i i don't remember the movie that well they're like running from a in a car or a car is chasing somebody and it's oh playing. it's 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 after they try to go to her house and kidnap her and shit and like so. uh they're they're getting chased by the chase her and the cops yeah. i think i remember that yeah i i've watched watch that movie it's been a mad long time for that but uh so yeah it's cream and bastard rise is the yeah. second place song <laughs> little round mirrors is the fourth place song that's a really and sad and sad sweetheart of the rodeo is a fifth place song that was another one they did a music video for with uh ioni sky from say anything She's okay. Particular sad sweetheart of the rodeo in that video. Mm. Well, uh, my number four song was Wooly Muffler because that song has some banging ass guitar on it. It's a good one. And number three was Old Hat because, of course, that was a damn good song. Number two, no one mentioned this one. I'm amazed. Number two was Jack the Lion. It kind of bums me out. (laughs) Is the the reason? Good music's (laughs) supposed to bum me out sometimes. That's the way it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a good song. It's just that's that's why i didn't make the list yeah. it makes me a little sad yeah, yeah no, I, I liked it it was heavy i like once i got to the end of the cd i was kind of getting disappointed like uh the terminal one and like the one after that and then radio silence like i was kind of like until i got to that heavy part of radio silence i was kind of getting disappointed yeah i was like oh this is this how they finish the cd it's like it's like low. going down in flames but and then of course number one had to be flagpole sitter because it's the song i knew and it's the song that i've loved for 20 years so i mean it's been around there so i had to put it on there as number one of course and i'm actually happy i now know who harvey danger is because i never heard that name before until you brought it on i mean once i of course once i put on flagpole sitter i knew exactly who they were but i just didn't that's the thing never, like never I'll... Knew when people ask like who's your favorite band and i say harvey danger they're like i don't know who that is i'm like oh they did flag bullsetta and they're like i don't know what that is i'm like you would if you heard it but i'm pathologically afraid to sing in front of people so <laughs> you have to take my word for it and or like i'll pull my phone out and like play it and they're like oh yeah that one because like it's a song everybody heard it's just you yeah don't have to really hear it in a you have to also hearing the title 
when I was younger and when was in choir, I used to be able to do both the parts, like the harmony and the yeah. and the other yeah. at the same time. I always thought that was pretty cool, you know, especially the chorus because the chorus was still fucking badass. It's really good. Like I like I said, I didn't put well, it in the top five, but it's mostly for the reason of like I don't know. There's well, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I like better. Absolutely. Well, chance of pants. It's a time for you to announce the CD you decided to bring to us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this option right now to either take yours now or deal with what's gonna happen here because I've got I got twelve fucking songs, dude. Um I got eleven, so let's go. Okay, so I guess I'll go then. That's fine with me. Uh my choice for this 1997 edition, since I couldn't bring in any of the other shit that I brought that I loved that I have, you know, brought previously, was one of my favorite bands, Gua, which uh, the album is uh, Carnival of Chaos, which is kind of ironic considering the other uh, the other choice as well. <laughs> Yeah. 
only wish that I the only wish that I had would is is if it would have been the first card rather than this card. You brought That'd that. Been, I couldn't do that. I fucking know I did, and it wouldn't have matched for the year. However, it wouldn't have mattered at that point because I was. It didn't matter before I made my decision. <laughs> nah, I've been, dude. I've been such a huge fan of Guar since long before I ever even first saw him or anything. I mean, just like I, I had seen some of their stuff online. Beavis and Butthead and stuff like that. And then I saw he did uh, segments on a Fox News show called uh, Red Eye. And his fucking... Dude, literally his segments were the best fucking television that I've ever seen in my entire life. Just like hands down. They've tried to capture that lightning in a bottle fucking sense and it's impossible, dude. Literally... You can't do better than a literal alien that wants to kill the entire human race to get into a fucking political discussion in any capacity. That's yeah. fucking brilliant. That rules. <laughs> <laughs> right? But if I'm not mistaken, I believe this is their second or third album, I think, or fourth. One through four. I don't remember. Yeah. I want to say it's like second or third. But uh, I, feel, I feel like it's later than that, but... It might, it, it could be, it could be later, but I really, it, it's super early. I know that because they were still kind of finding the, they're, they're getting their legs underneath of them on their, on their gimmick. Cause I mean, I don't know how, I'm not sure exactly how aware of Guar you are. I, I know you said you were somewhat aware of the band, but I'm not sure Mostly if you're like, a, stuff, like you said, like right. yeah. be interviewed on a thing Six. or there would be a news story about, how you shouldn't let your children listen to this terrible alien band. All right. Like, like well, when they're I, on Springer. Yeah. It's like, well, now I want yeah. <laughs> like, now, Right. Or they're in a, they're and, in empire records. Like that's probably the, my main point of reference for them as a band was they, uh, talk to the kid in empire records through the television and they right. invite him to be a part of Quar, and then they eat him, I think. Yeah. 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 Have you seen and, me? I think is the name of that fucking song. Chanty, number six. Album number six. It's album six? It's, Fuck. They've been putting out albums since the year I was born. Yeah, they've been I knew they put out a fuck ton of albums, but I didn't think it was that that far into it before they really got it doesn't matter. Anyway, long story short. So like the gimmick is is that they're supposed to be aliens. And they were kicked out of their universe. I believe it's called the Scum Dog universe. Because they were, you know, basically like pulling the Thanos. <clears throat> so they get banished here and they crash landed in Antarctica and then they froze for, you know, I don't know, millennia, if you will. And in the eighties during the hair metal, all of the, all of this, you know, all of the, uh, uh, you know, the shit from the fucking, that shit that killed the ozone layer. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember the Chlor- name of the exact. Yep. Chlor- yep. CFCs. Yeah. Well, the CFCs opened up the hole in the ozone layer over. Uh, what's up, Casey? But uh, uh, it opened up that you know ozone layer in the fucking over to the over Antarctica, and it thawed them out. And their manager, who's named Sleazy P. Martini. Uh, found them 
and basically did like a deal with the devil for him. So he would like help them become famous so they could take over the world and kill all humanity. And they would just keep him in a certain group as like pets and slaves and stuff. <laughs> so like literally that's like the entire premise of their whole shtick, everything. And uh, there's like, this is completely unrelated and it's not even on this album, but on there's one of their songs. It's like one of my favorites. It's called bring back the bomb. And it's literally talking about nuclear weapons. Like the first verse is literally Hiroshima, a shadow burned in time. Nagasaki, little baby melts alive. Bloodfish and rubble from sea to dead shore. Such a hideous theater of war. And he's basically like pitching for us to bring back the nuke. There's a certain, and there's a section in the song and it says, and while we're at it, let's go nuke Tibet. Let's vaporize the oceans with glee. Saving the whales is an agenda for some but nuking them sits well with me. And then it's just basically not worrying and love the bomb. It basically, he just wants to like, it basically it's, I need the bombs because I can't kill you all with my hands. <laughs> it's just more efficient. <laughs> that That's actually a line. It's like, you know, it's, it's like thermonuclear new time bomb too. You know, it literally it talks about, you know, I can't kill you all with my hands. Hydrogen bomb, new signs yeah, of doom. It's fucking great. It's just impractical. Every time they would go to start a show, they would have a timer and it would be a clock. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, Casey. I didn't want to ignore you. Sleazy P. Martini was the name of their manager. Great fucking name. Yeah. Great fucking character. And another thing is that like all the all the things, all the people involved are all friends of theirs from their college. And I had somewhere in the southeast kind of thing. And they basically everything, every cent they ever made, they put right back into it outside of obviously living expenses for the year and whatnot. But like, it's, it's literally just like a timer that says time until death and it counts down. And then they would have like, they would have prosthetics that would rip off and shoot out like fake blood on people and alien blood and, Every now and then he would put on its giant cod piece and you know, you know, ejaculate on the crowd. This fake ejaculate. That's the stuff I remember hearing about. I'm fancy. A, a lot of spray going on. No, nice. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll, I'll go with Sleazy P. Martini. That's cool. Just call me Sleazy P for short. And Odorous even uh jizzed on Chancy during one fateful show. So That's since we're gonna, <laughs> I was not, I was not excited. So since since we're doing it, I will tell the story. Yeah, um, you have to. <laughs> I ha- yeah, I kind of gotta. Uh, so I'm at that. I'm at this show, right? I'm like six two, fucking six three. If I don't slouch, uh, I'm at this show. I'm third row. The dude in front of me is probably like fucking five 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 seven tops. His fucking girlfriend's. I get it. <laughs> his his fucking girlfriend is like five five, and she's up against the rail. And in between songs, you know, he goes off stage, puts the cod piece on because it's got this giant hose that comes out the back of it, and he comes back on stage with the giant cod piece. And at this point, I start kind of doing this number because I can see over everybody, and I'm noticing very rapidly that that this dude's girlfriend's the only girl in the entire front row. And basically, he's like, so who wants to, who wants me to come on their face or some kind of dumbass shit? And fucking he just just unleashes hell upon her. 
and it's bouncing up off of her onto him, bouncing up off of him onto me. He is fucking ecstatic. He's like, Odorous came on my girlfriend. And me, I'm the whole time I'm standing there, I'm just like, it's not real. It is not real. It's not real. It's not it's not real. It's not real. Keep your mouth shut. Don't look at it. Shut your eyes. Turn your head. It's not real. So yeah, basically, I got came on by an intergalactic warlord fucking in the middle of a uh uh I mean, to know that was a possibility going in. <laughs> not real not really, because like I didn't expect it for the venue that they were at. Cause it's kind of like a flash zone when you buy the tickets. Like well, no, not no, no, not like that either. No, no, because like everywhere is a splash zone. Because they, what they do is they basically do that stuff to 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 help keep people cool so they don't overheat in, in, during shows. So considerate, that, <laughs> like, for real. You know, but you don't think about the practicality of that. But it's like, yeah, it, it's it gets hot. It's, it's it fucking it? such a relief. Like you don't even care if you're getting hosed down in red or green blood or whatever. The fucking semen is a bit too viscous. It's like you guys worked a little too hard on getting this right. It's like you got you, you guys worked really hard on getting that right. Like uh, <laughs> that one's not so cool. But like, uh, yeah, like that's the reason why they would do it. But like, usually they would only have the cod piece for like larger venues, so that way they could have him come out and whatnot. And it was a smaller stage, so I thought I was safe. It's like, oh, you know, decapitated heads, you know, blood guns, stuff like that. I'm good. I'm great. And then out of East Royals, just fucking do, do, do. This thing's the fucking size of like my whole ass arm. I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, God. They're, she's the only. Oh, it's just her. Uh, we all know how this is going to play out. Well, batten down the hatches, boys. At a certain point, you just gotta embrace it, you know. Well, I mean, I just kind of let, I just kind of put my hands up, turned my head, and just kind of let it happen. Yeah. Because there wasn't, I wasn't going anywhere. I was pinned in on all sides anyway. But, <laughs> but yeah, so that's my awesome story with that. But I've seen those. I saw those guys before the lead singer died. They replaced <laughs> him, and I haven't seen him since. Not so much against like a beef thing. It's just kind of like a their voices don't sound the same or enough. Yeah. Like it does. So it just, I'll lose a lot of, you know, I don't know. I'd have to hear it. I'd have to check it out. Uh, maybe someday, but like, uh, I love the gimmick. I love the storylines. Cause like they essentially have almost a song in every type of genre. They got a, uh, they got like a jazz song, swing song kind of thing. They got a rap song. They got a lot of punk and metal. And, you know, like, it, I, I respected the shit out of that because especially back then, like in the mid to like early, mid, late 90s, where everything was just fucking everywhere. Yeah. They were the con they were the constant chaos. Well, along with some other groups, we'll get into them in a little bit. But uh, Glenn, what did you think about gore on your virgin hearing? I, I I was aware of them. I might have heard some and not really realized it, but this was the first time I ever like sat down and put on a Guar album. Uh, I I wasn't a hundred percent sure what to expect. Like I knew some of the lore, like not maybe not the details. I know they're aliens. Like I know like the, right. the 
the gimmick, which is honestly like my favorite part. Like, right. I hate this in comedy. If somebody has like a gimmick like that, it drives me crazy. But uh, in music, I've, it's I'm on board immediately. Like, I love the commitment to to the bit of it. Um, like both- Oakley, like Oakley Doakley. I fucking loved that gimmick. Yeah, like both. I mean, both albums that you guys brought kind of do this, where it's just like, yeah, like we are we are locking in that we have characters, we are world building, we have lore. We're gonna teach you about it with our with the songs, uh, and it was from like just that scene in Empire Records. You're like, I, I kind of get these guys' whole vibe, and it's not the kind of music that I seek out on my own, but like. I'm so I, I respect the commitment to the bit so much. It's like, well, yeah, absolutely. I will gladly give you guys the benefit of the doubt and, and play this through. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know that I'm going to like become a huge Guar fan or, you know, get jizzed on at a show anytime soon. Well, uh, no, but no, I because that guy, that guy's dead. Well, they if probably you... have the jizz cannon in storage somewhere. They could, you know, maybe, nailed, maybe. Like, and uh, I mean, you technically, said, you Florida, uh, the, the formula that took that took effort. You know, they don't want to right. throw that away. Technically, technically, you don't have to go to a Gore show to be just on that concert. That's true. Also, but no, I would definitely recommend kind of looking in, like get like looking into some more of their stuff, mostly just because of the fact of the perpetuation of the gimmicks and, and really, shit like yeah. that, because yeah. like. I would like the only reason I picked this album specifically was the year it came out. Like it, because there's there's definitely so much better albums to present. Like if I could, I would bring back Life from Mount Fuji again because it's like basically a greatest hits of like a lot of their of a lot of their excellent stuff. But at the same time, I would still recommend listening to the album versions because of. You know, live live albums kind of have an ability to kind of yeah. take away from the song itself, but uh, like I specifically, what really sold me for them when I first saw them in concert because I was still kind of iffy even going to the show. He like stops the, after the first song. He's like he does the first song and then does one of those like tantrum stop. Like no, stop, stop! Nobody plays another song. I will not play another song until I get to eat a dead baby. Somebody bring me out a dead baby. And they bring out literally like an animatronic doll. Mm-hmm. And he fucking, nah, 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 nah. I mean, he tears it in half. And then in the, he has these shoulder pads on with sword spikes on it. Yeah. And he puts one on one side and then one on the other. And then they go into the second song. And in that second song, there's a portion of the chorus that has a tempo where he can be like, and it literally makes the little baby arm fucking rock out in unison. And it's fucking like, I, I saw that shit and I was like, I will fucking listen to this band for the rest of eternity. <laughs> the first concert I ever went to uh, as a kid was a touring production of Sesame street live. And Ooh, wow, there is, more overlap i think between that and guar and like guar and harvey danger in terms of like production value because <laughs> there's there's some there was like set changes and there's like the big costumes and I, and it's like yeah like guar is doing something else besides just playing music and it's like i said i, like I respect it so much of just like 
yeah, we could be a band. We could write some songs or we could be goddamn space aliens from another dimension <laughs> here to kill everybody. And we're really going to lean into that. And it's like, the, yeah, it's hard to not get behind that. It's, they were actually, the they, swing. they were asked in an interview, I think when they were on like Jerry Springer or one or like Phil Donahue or one of those, like when they were on those TV yeah. shows, they were like, why do you do this? And I think it was Joan Rivers. It might've been her show or whatever. She's like, she's like, why what what's with this what's with the space band get up why do you got to do this and they're like well because we can't make it any other way like we know we can we, we know there's the, like we know we suck we can't do this any other way like they literally leaned right into it and, and admitted straight out the gate like bam we suck this is why yeah <laughs> we, we, we could write songs yeah but we can't write great ones we can write weird ones that are about space and the apocalypse and just really get like build and, a fan base around people who want that and it's like yeah hell yeah guar you're doing great. and like and a whole universe too because like there's a song on there where it's literally like when they play it in a show when that song comes on it prepares for like a a duo like a battle where between two people dressed up in foam rubber shit and they're fighting each other like they they, they go that whole nine yeah there's a show in Brooklyn my friends keep inviting me to that I haven't made it to yet, but it's called Kaiju Big Battle, and it's like it's that it is like a wrestling match, but it's it's guys dressed as kaiju's, so it's like big monsters wrestling each other instead of people. And I've never been able to go, but it's like yeah, that sounds great. Like that's right. That's, oh. I'm not a big wrestling fan, but sure, dress as a giant my, robot and then fight a lizard. Yeah, that sounds incredible. My, my nine year old son would love that. Just saying. If I go yeah. next, if we, if we if we go to New York, I definitely got to take him to see it, but. I mean, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Does that does that conclude your review of Gore there, Glenn? Before I go to mine, my root, yeah, I would say uh, yeah. I have I yeah. have a, a deep respect for for Gore as performers, uh, even if like I feel like generally the music's not really my my uh, my taste. But it's like it's hard to be like you can't say Gore sucks because they're so good at what they do. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you guys listen to the the podcast the Doughboys, but they they rate they rate like fast food restaurants, and but they rate it on like well what are they trying to do? Like Taco Bell's not trying to be a high end experience, but they're really good at giving you like pretty okay tacos in the middle of the night. So like they always rate really highly, and it's like yeah like what does Guar want to do? They want to be weird space aliens, and they're crushing it. So yeah, absolutely ten out of ten, Guar, you're doing great. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Taco Bell is pretty good at giving you diarrhea on a regular basis. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, for sure. Word. But I mean, as far as Guar goes, this is not my first encounter with the infamous Guar in this show, though it was this show that introduced me to Guar, because like you, I grew up hearing the name, but never really looking into what the hell they were. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know why. I never knew anybody that really, like, really knew them or liked them growing up, so I never got into them. But yeah, I don't think I had any here. like friends who were big Guar fans growing up. Exactly. Exactly. But thanks to Chanty here bringing on a uh, live from Mount Fuji, which I, yeah, that, that album did make me like Guar. It wasn't until he brought him on again. They actually learned to like him, but cause the live aspect kind of ruined it. I mean, the skits are funny between songs, but the live aspect of the songs kind of ruined, like being able to hear what the hell they're saying at all. Yeah. And then, and then you don't get to see what they're doing either. It should have been a DVD rather than a live album. Personally. Yeah, it does seem like that would be the more the most enjoyable way to experience Guar is if I could well, just watch a show but not be at one. Well, YouTube uh, is a wonderful I, thing. 
But. I actually, my my ex girlfriend at the time was like, I don't know what to wear to this thing, and I could, I like, I was like, oh, I make, I was like, wear wear a really nice, you know, wear a nice shirt, you know, get kind of dressed up because we're gonna go out, fucking. That yeah, I I I purposely put my, expensive and delicate. I, I purposefully put myself into the doghouse on that <laughs> one just because I wanted to see the look on her face the first time she got hosed down with blood, yeah. and it was fucking worth every second of it. Well, and I mean, honestly, this album you brought on Gore Shanty might might be my favorite album I heard there so far. Really? Because I was actually prepared to come on and shit talk the fuck out of my album. No, I actually like. I mean, yes, the whole the whole the whole carnival aspect is kind of ironic, and when I saw that, I laughed a little bit. But I, I mean, I mean, hell, you could have brought uh, Kiss's Psycho Circus; it would have been close too. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't have brought that either. But um, but Carnival Chaos is actually a damn good album. Like, there were very few songs in this I didn't like. Like, I literally have. 11 songs for this album because it's amazing like a lot of songs are fucking amazing like and and i love oh my god i'll get to it when i get to the songs but like literally in one of the songs it says if you are if you're like watch if you're listening to it on spotify and you have the lyrics up so you can actually like read the lyrics because sometimes they still are hard to decipher sometimes but <laughs> on, on one part of the lyrics it actually just says in parentheses odorous scats yeah yeah <laughs> we're just fucking off we're just I fucking off <laughs> I, I I love that it actually says that like odorous scats, but like I don't know. I mean, I love a, I love a band with a good gimmick. It's kind of my thing. I love a band or a rap group with a good gimmick. So I I can't I, I can't say anything bad about Gore, especially this CD. This CD is fucking incredible. So I loved it. A lot of these songs are now my like songs on Spotify. So and if and you better believe I don't care if Odorous is dead or not. Well, he's not he's not dead. Like Tommy Lee said and Tommy Lee Jones said in Men Black. He, too, he just went back home, so right, yeah. Odor's versus went back home. He didn't die, but if we ever get to meet in person, there's a fucking Guar concert within a hundred miles. We're going, but, but so yeah, I love the CD. But Chancy, what were your top songs for the CD? I'm not even gonna try to say top five. So, <clears throat> uh, number 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 twelve. Was a sex cow. (laughs) Number 11. Antarctican drinking song. No, I'm sorry. I'm done. Uh, Number 10 is going to kill you. Uh, Number 9 is uh, uh, the private pain of Techno Destructo. Like that right there, private pain of Techno Destructo is usually like a song that they play before Techno Destructo shows up on stage and there's this epic battle between him and Odorous Urungus and he fucking, you know, takes him, you know, defeats him and sends him back into the cell or whatever. And then, uh, let's see. Uh, number eight is In Her Fear, which, like, I just, I don't know why. It's not something that I necessarily like for any reason as it is just, like, the lyrics and the everything, kind of how it flows together. It's just kind of like, Man, this is really fucked up. Uh, same number. We were the same on that one. Number seven is Billy Badass. Yeah, that first stops. Uh, number six is uh, First Rule Is. Uh, number five is Don't Need a Man. 
Because I like I always like I always loved that little run that they had with her when she was like you know doing a bunch of stuff in the band because she would always come out and like just beat the slaves up or like you know do all sorts of crazy stuff on on stage and whatnot. Uh, number four is back to Iraq. Uh, number three is preschool prostitute. Uh, number one or number two is Penguin. Fucking love Penguin, dude. That that right there is like basically like the it. It's like here we go, fellas. We're leaning into this fucking gimmick. We're coming in from Antarctica. What's in Antarctica? Fucking penguins. We're gonna get ourselves an army of penguins. We're gonna fucking we're gonna weaponize them and mechanize them. And these motherfucking penguins is coming to attack. What, and then what the, no, what the what the hell is the course in that? Um, are like armored penguins, like no, nothing, nothing is real. Or ah, I forgot the fucking. I had it in my head this morning because I was fucking singing it, but I don't remember. God damn it, James. Uh, number one for me on this one is hate love songs, and that's mostly because Odorous isn't the one that's actually performing uh, the singing in that. It's actually the bass player who went and got like a fucking. I think it's. I think he got a doctorate. Like he went and got a doctorate in fucking, I think it was in music and some other type of study or something or other. But he did his own like whole TED talk. And at the beginning of the TED talk, they did a little bit of guar stuff in it. Like it was kind of funny. Somebody comes out with this like tablet, a little slave guy comes out with a tablet and a dude comes out with a hammer and he just like smashes the tablet. It's, just, it's crazy nonsense. But, you know, basically. They the guy comes out without any makeup and stuff on, so he's the normal dude. But like, they still had to throw that little bit of guar in to fucking just to just to do it kind to of fuck with people. Is, yeah, yeah, it just fucks with people. Well, Chanty, okay. Here, the the lines the line is they were born of atomic steel. Life and death to them seemed so unreal. Like I fucking love uh, yeah 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 yeah. Loved it. <laughs> Well, what were your top five songs there, Glenn, for Gwar? Was Penguin your number two, Chansey? Yeah. Yep. What was your number one? Uh, hate, uh, hate love songs. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate love song. I guess who I put as an honorable mention, just because, like, kind of as a thought experiment, I liked it more than the actual song of just like, yeah, there's a ton of love songs. What if we do one of these about hate? And it's just like. Yeah, like it seems like a fun writing exercise to me. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, my nice. other honorable mention, uh, I will give to Scallop Boat because oh yeah, seen like yeah. A, a really metal version of the Beach Boys song Sloop John V. And right, like it was more of a ballad than I was expecting from a Guar record, so like it kind of caught me off guard. Um, for the rest of them, I am going to go with kind of what uh, I thought was funny about them, which I understand isn't like the point of guar like they're not a comedy yeah. band but like yeah, kind of it's part of it like it's i i think they would admit like well, yeah like it's fun that's why we do this uh but number five i'm gonna give to sammy because halfway through listening to it i was like is this about the sammy davis jr pilot little devil where he tried to do a sitcom where he played a a devil and it is and i'm like yeah. Just like how I like Carlotta Valdez for being a rock song about the movie Vertigo. It's like Vertigo. I would I you could have given me a million guesses of things Guar would write a song about, but the failed pilot Little Devil never would have never would have come up. And it's like 
yeah, hell yeah, Sammy. It's it's great. <coughs> uh, number four, uh, Billy Badass. Uh, it's it, it is great because I was also following along with the lyrics, uh, and I, I I listen on Apple Music, so I don't know if it's like a different set, but at, at one point it just says gibberish in brackets a couple of times, and it is. I've been listening to a lot yeah. of like early jazz and bebop stuff lately. Uh, so I've been listening to like a lot of people scatting and it's like, yeah, he's, he's doing the thing where it's like, that is not a, a easy skill to pick up. People are like, Oh, you just like say nonsense. It doesn't, but like for it to be entertaining, it does take some effort and he does a legit good job. Uh, and then like the actual lyrics kind of reminded me of Wilco weirdly, uh, because, um, kind of blanking on his name, the guy from Wilco, uh, the way he writes songs is he will just like list words and then another list of words and try to like connect ones. He just thinks sound good together. And it's like, there's not the, the lyrics aren't like narrative necessarily. Um, I'm trying to break your heart is probably the most notable example by them. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, I, again, like weirdly it's more poetic than I would have guessed was going to be coming from intergalactic space aliens. Um, Number three, I'm going to give to Let's Blame the Light Man. Let's, yes, yes. It reminded me of that song from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where the night man and the day man have a fight. Um, day man. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love day man. It's like if they did a much harder version of that, that's what this would have been. Uh, I also really liked Endless Apocalypse. So that's my number two because it has the line wishing for poop happy with me. And uh, I'm seven years old. So I giggled so hard when listening to that. Uh, yeah. And number one is Penguin Attack. Like there's, it's, everything you said about it is correct. It is, uh, I mean, I'm a big Batman fan. So just like, I have a long history with weaponized penguins and it's like, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, it also, my favorite line is, come on baby, kick him in the ding ding. Right. <laughs> because it's like, it is hard and silly at the same time. And it is a thing that will stick with me for like of, of everything that came out of the experience of listening to this albums for you two, uh, the line, come on, baby, kick him in the ding, ding, being stuck in my head for the next 20 years is top of the list. Mm. Oh, there are plenty of lines from this album that are going to be stuck in my head for a long time too. If I don't smoke them out, but what should you happen? But, uh, I did have a top 11 for this cause it's fucking gore. And I literally was listening to this on the way to work this morning and then at work. And the whole way to work, I'm just like fucking singing along in my car, driving down the fucking highway. I probably look like a maniac. But <laughs> especially when I had my window down smoking cigarettes at certain points and like endured slow traffic, and everybody's just like, what the fuck is he listening to? But unlike some bands I've had in this show, Panic at the Disco, I actually don't mind having my windows fully down, blasting war. But I would much rather listen uh, to war than Panic at the Disco. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. <laughs> And that's from a virgin ears too, Chancy, for fuck's yeah. sake. But but um my number eleven was Endless Apocalypse because it was not lyric heavy, it was very instrumental, which I Wish loved. It was amazing. With me. <laughs> I missed that line, I think, somehow. But um <laughs> but, but yeah, Endless Apocalypse was the guitar in that song I had to put on the list, even if it didn't really have number ten was Letter from the Scout Boat, because I just kept one, the story in it was freaking amazing, and I kept yeah. hearing like I didn't I didn't like the tempo as much, but I kept like picturing Forrest Gump for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because of the scalp shrimps, like boat type yeah, thing. Yeah, both live in the water. Man, number nine was 
number nine was Sammy. I didn't get that Sammy Davis Jr. like reference. I mean, I kind of did, but I didn't know about the TV show. Like, I thought they were talking about oh, Sammy Davis I think Jr. It's on but, YouTube. You should watch it. It's ridiculous. Um, I think I, I've heard it referenced somewhere before, too. I just can't think of really how it was. But number eight was In Her Fear, just because I like the female singing on that song, too. But number seven was Hate Love Song. So that song is fucking brilliant. Like, I, I actually like love songs that most artists I like do, but especially one we're going to talk about in a little bit. But um, Hate Love Songs is just freaking, like, brilliant. Like, it reminds me of uh, another song by an amazing artist called Rainbows and Stuff. It kind of reminds me of that, because it goes, like, from, like, sweet to angry, sweet to angry. But number six was The Private Pain of Techno Destructo, because I, I had a feeling there was a skit behind that one. I had a feeling that there'd be a skit, like, in a live show behind that one, and it's just amazing. Like the songs I could headbang to Aguar are the ones I really love. Like I like the melodic ones more than the head, more than like the thrashing ones, as Chanchi knows, but they're lyrics. I like the lyrics mean a lot to me with bands. But number five was Penguin, because literally, as soon as it started playing, I'm like, it's called Penguin. And then I hear the lyrics that I just read a few minutes ago when Chanchi was talking about it. And I'm like, I fucking love this fucking song. Yeah. Like I just great. do. Number four was Billy Badass because, uh, I mean, one, I couldn't stop thinking about uh, Badass Billy Gunn the whole time I was listening to it. But you know that was going to happen, Chancey. I knew. <laughs> I know. I know. But, I I mean, the lyrics in it were also hilarious, and it reminds me of a bunch of other songs I know in the rap genre. But uh, actually, kind of reminded me of Willie Bubba a little bit. But number three is uh, First Rule Is because that song is freaking amazing. I what the hell was what the hell was the first rule? I can't remember what it is now. It's because it's been so long today. But what do you uh, mean, the first rule and what? The, the actual the in the song lyrics, it's like first rule is, and it keeps saying the same thing over and over again. But uh, uh, you can think of it. I don't remember. Oh yeah, first rule is there's no first rule. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure the first rule is that there's no first rule. Yeah. That's how long my day's been, dude. But I love that the whole outside bombs explode. I am sitting on the commode. Soon he'll reach the commode. 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 Yeah, yeah. I meant to say that. Commode. Commode. Soon they'll reach the daycare center. Soon they'll bag the smash placenta. Like I fucking that shit is so. I mean, I love dark shit. Like as Chanty knows, but that shit is so dark. It's just like thanks for the cookies, mom. Yeah. Thanks for the yeah. Thanks for the cookies, mom baked. Like, oh my god, that's that song is the second craziest song on this fucking album by far. Number two was "Don't Need a Man" because it's just even for someone like me who knows Guar to some degree, not a song I expect to hear in this album. Not a song I expect to hear in this album at all. And it's like a country like duet song. Like I'm thinking like it's Dolly a, Parton. It's it's not a, I. I Okay, yeah, you can call it that genre if you want, but it's not. It's like a fucking, that's like a fucking old bluesy, jazzy fucking jazz singer, like. Well, Janty, I, I kind of, what it, what it, what it did to me was I kind of was picturing like Timmy Wynette, Stand By Your Man, while I was listening to it. What but the like a, fuck? The opposite version of that song, kind of, but. I was thinking more number- along the lines of like fucking. I know that uh, I can't even. I can't even bear to say it because I know that I would be disowned by by Harvey and everyone else. But like you know, the uh, 
like the one of the more famous jazz and uh blues singer ella fitzgerald i believe is her name fucking it kind of reminded it kind of it kind of it kind of reminded me like that but like uh the negative version of that like the antithesis of that not so much the antithesis like just like that vein of style for singing but definitely not the subject matter <laughs> i guess you know for lack of a better term well and my number one song is the most fucked up song on this album and one of it, it probably might be in the top most top 10 fucked up songs i've ever heard in my life and it is preschool prostitute because oh my god i was half dying laughing and half like just sitting there like oh, like ah, like it was like the well i did those in the reverse of how i should have done them because it was first the gasp then the dying of laughing afterwards because i i like fucked up lyrics and songs but but she dude, told the story. dude in she her told the sad, she told the sad story about a family in woe she was getting fingered by her daddy's big toe like jesus fucking christ like, right i heard that line i heard that line. i'm like I'm, i looked at the lyrics, like did i just hear that right I did. Okay. Just making sure. Just checking. Just checking. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I thought Esham's living in incest was bad, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, it's, you see, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not, it's not always about, you know, like just shock value. It's also about presentation. Fucking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's true. Perfect. Like in, in comedy, there's a lot of that too, of like, people going up and be like oh yeah you just say horrible things and that's comedy it's like well no like i mean you you mentioned bill burr like uh right he is one of the best at going up and saying a thing the audience will disagree with on purpose so that he can just see if he can win them back he does a bit about like you know he's like i don't like dogs and everyone's like well then you're a monster and he's like let me lay it out and like he talks about why he doesn't right. like dogs for a couple minutes and everyone's like Man, I hate it, but I kind of see your point. And it's like, <laughs> or like the entire Philly rant bit, like yeah. that's that's fucking iconic. Yeah, that's what really I think put him on the map. Is yeah, like, is that Philly rant? He was around well before that, but then that, that's the thing that everyone's like, "Yo, did you hear this guy?" He like yelled at Philadelphia because uh, they deserve it um, for fifteen entire <laughs> minutes, and he didn't yeah. give him a single second. Yeah. But no. Uh, for me, my favorite Bill Burr bit is the what he would do if he was the the world leader, like the world dictator or whatever, with the cruise ships and the submarines and all that other hudakai, where he's talking about where he's talking about getting it on with the, you know with the chicks with the hangers on and whatnot and fucking all of his fake medals that he didn't earn jiggling trying to see how long he could keep the hat on, but then he's all talking about how like you know his population control method would be to make cruise liners cheap and then have all the, you know, job manufacturing stuff be all like, you know, shipbuilders and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But over the, you know, throughout the cruising season, if you will, he would ride out in a submarine and, you know, he would be a gentleman about it. Like if he was noticed by the oncoming cruise ship, he would give them a nod and send them off. But if they didn't pay attention or whatever, it would be, Unt fire the missile or fire the fire the torpedo and fucking he does it so well because it like it starts off it does just the shoo you know, in the torpedo in the water 
And then he like loops in with his voice, fucking the torpedo going through the water and then fucking and he starts tapping the fucking mic to get the fucking bass. So, so it's like, mm, 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 mm. and then like right at the very end, he's like, "Hey, bro, do you think my my shirt looks too small for my?" And then fucking he does a strafing run and he's fucking killing everybody and whatnot. And it's Chris just terrible. It's just like, yeah, very, very guar like, very guar like, yes. But the best part about it is that he sets it up for a callback at the very end of the fucking yeah. uh, show where he's talking about this dude driving along with his wife. Cause, you know, like everybody, everybody thinks, oh, you're a monster, but, you know, you're not going to think I'm uh, so much of a monster when you're able to get to where you need to go at five o'clock on the fucking 405. You know, I'm fucking, I'm doing pretty good. I go. Business is booming, and everybody needs new jobs down at the shipyard. And you know who knows, man? We could get up in our own world. Maybe you know, take you out on a cruise. Fucking. <laughs> well, that means, folks. An hour, <laughs> an hour and twenty-five minutes into this shit. Hey, man! It is, when it this is the it, best comedian. Gonna, this is he's a comedian, man. This is great. It's true. I know, I'm not complaining. We've been having fun. I'm not complaining. Trust me. But uh, I don't know. Kind of sounds like you're bitching to me. It's a little whiny. Dante, <laughs> when you brought Funhouse, that was me bitching. That no, me that bitching. no, that was you, that was you fucking throwing oh, a full mind. on full on tantrum, full on tantrum when I brought on Sunhouse, like a blues legend. God forbid, get some fucking culture. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. But the album I decided to bring because uh, let's see, I received Glenn's album and looked at this band and I'm like, okay, I really don't know who to bring against this. I'm like, what's the I opposite brought... of the album, Glenn's? <laughs> no, see, there's a method to my madness though, because I'm like. I can't bring Offspring because I just brought them in the last episode. And I'm not gonna bring them again. I'm like, that's the only thing that's really coming to my head right now. Besides, like, some other oh bands yeah, Ixne the Ombre was what I was thinking of for another um, one that I could have brought. You could. Sorry, I I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's my bad. I'm a dick. I would have rather had more than that though, so that's okay. But word. But I mean, uh, I, I'm just like everything else I could think of to bring at this point is like bands like. Where I know, like, like Bare Naked Ladies, where I know, like, one song on the album that I love, and the rest of the songs I have no fucking clue. So, like, I'm not gonna Stunt? do that. Was that '97? Like, I don't know. I I was I wasn't going by year at this point. I was just oh. actually trying to find something that was similar. But then I'm like, all right, my fallback when I can't find something similar in my library is, I look at the year the CD came out, and, that, and I go by that to give me ideas. And then, of course, as I'm looking at '97, I get down, and it's like. I see a certain CD sitting there, and I'm just like, oh. I'm like, I know Chancey loves this album, and it's definitely my favorite album by this group. So, yeah, I have to do it. I have to finally, after a year and a half or so of doing this show, I finally have to unleash for the first time. Well, okay, not the first time, but the for the first time in a year and a half, basically, actually, I had to bring. Insane Clown Posse's ICP's greatest album they've ever done. The great 
Which is right there the name. Malenko. 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 What is a juggalo? A dead body. Well, he ain't really dead, but he ain't like anybody that you've ever met before. He'll eat Monopoly and shit out Connect 4. What is a juggalo? What the fuck, Connect? Man, that Don't shit. Don't worry about whack. my shit. Just rap, motherfucker. What is a juggalo? He ain't a bitch boy. He walk through the hills and beat down a rich boy. They're literally, I mean, there's there's very few albums ICP has done besides their new stuff that I would say is bad, but I love most of their albums, at least three quarters of the CD of most of their albums. And I mean, Great Malenko is just one of those amazing CDs. The first time I heard the CD in whole, I was just in a state of bewilderment and a state of fucking bliss. Like this whole album is fucking incredible. It has most of their most popular songs on it because this is the album that got everybody into Insane Clown Posse back in the 90s because this is when the whole Disney fiasco happened where they originally were supposed to do this record on Disney's label and Island Records. They're supposed to do an Island Records, which is Disney's label. Whoops. And and Bob, what's his name? Bob Igor, whatever the fuck his name is. Iger. Bob Iger. Bob, Bob Iger. Bob Igor. I don't know, but he might as well be called Igor. He's so fucking annoying. But so Bob cool. Iger got Bob Iger got so many complaints from religious groups about this album when they released it that they literally pulled it from the shelves completely, and it forced ICP to go start their own record label to release it. So this that event changed history forever, and it made ICP a same as war. They became a newsworthy topic of you should not let your kids listen to this. And guess what kids want to listen to if they be told they can't listen to it? People dressed as clowns talking about murder. I mean, you know shit's gotta be you got you know shit's gotta be bad when a music company like a like a like a record label is willing to give you your fucking masters. Yeah. Like usually you either have to pay the fuck ton for them or just pay for them in general. But these guys were like, nah. We hate you so much. We want so little to do with you. Here are your masters. Go do something else with it. You don't want to be found with these. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Biggest mistake that fucking uh, Island Records ever made. I'm I'm pretty sure they're no longer even a. I mean, Disney's made some other mistakes, but. Yeah, I was saying, you know. I mean, obviously, the, the, the head of their leader is frozen underneath Disney World waiting for. Certain mistakes to go away, but Guar's gonna resurrect him. Exactly, exactly. They're working on it. That's what that's what Odorous is doing right now. He faked his death to go work on the reanimation serum for cryogenically frozen people. Odorous is the reanimator. It was based on him, but but yes, I mean, ICPs. This is when they got huge. This is when they got big. MTV started playing them at three o'clock in the morning. At this point. And it just, this is when they blew up. And the Great Malenko started all that. The albums before it are amazing as well. And the albums after it are amazing as well. And this was kind of like when, if you listen to the lyrics in this album, you could tell, you could start like, if you know enough now, you could start listening to the, this album being like, okay, I can see where the Christian rap stuff comes in in this album a little bit. I can kind of see it. <laughs> like, if you listen to it, you kind of hear they're a Christian rap group. And that the There's some allusions to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they they didn't do the big reveal for th- for uh, three more albums where they basically say the carnival is God. Sorry, we tricked you. Yeah. But, no, we're not sorry that we tricked you. 
Oh yeah. Oh no, they say it both ways. They say it both ways. They say it's sorry. They say sorry, but not sorry, basically. But because I remember when when they went down the hole, we're not sorry that we tricked you. I threw it the fuck out the window. I was like, nope, fucking that's some bullshit. Well, then you missed the devil CD, and we've been through this. You missed the devil CD after that, which was the most amazing CD ever. I thought this was the most amazing CD they did ever. Pick your fucking poison and drink it. (laughs) Commit. I. Dude, you, hey, you know what? I'll I'll say this much. I will say this much. I will say this much because I want to say something nice. You know, rather than saying something mean, at least it's not fucking Cotton Mouth Kings. All right, there's that. I said it. I said it. Okay. No, but it is the band that is the rap group that inspired them. So huh. fucking and look at what that's like. Seriously though, like seriously, that's like saying you know like Waco inspired Timothy McVeigh for the fucking Oklahoma City bombing. Fucking. It did. None of it. None of this is good. I know exactly. I exactly. So like, ICP is fucking Waco and fucking Cottonmouth Kings is fucking OKC, for fuck's sake. Well, this. Well, <laughs> I love how I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Glenn. I could just. I love how. Yeah, I don't know the just, other, I don't know what the other band you're talking about is, but I'm trying to. Co- oh, Cottonmouth. Oh, dude, Cottonmouth Kings is the worst fucking thing ever. So basically, it's this group of dudes who have been like when they first came out and started doing their thing, it was semi-relevant because they were kind of teenagery, 20 year old kids living in a suburban life, bitching about suburban life. Now they're fucking 40 year old members of the homeowners association bitching about fucking suburban life. It's like, listen, there's a lot of that. You haven't, not to compare everything to comedy, but there's a lot of that in comedy too, of like people. You haven't listened to Chancy, Starting, you haven't listened to their yeah, newest stuff. You have no, you have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Now I've also not listened to his stuff, but I think I agree with Chance. See, no, there's even actually. If you want to go back, if you want to go back, you can actually. There is an episode where myself and the guests spend the and almost the entire fucking episode just fucking like six degree burning roasting Jeremy on this album, <laughs> like fucking. <laughs> I mean, it's the thing I said before of like I really love the commitment to the bit of of Guar to a lesser extent ICP, uh, but the thing I f- like least is like that kind of uh, inauthenticity of uh, like even I'm I'm from Jersey and I well, no. Bruce Springsteen and I take a lot of heat for it, but it's like yeah, I mean he's rapping about or not rapping. <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> really, if Springsteen dropped a rap album, it would be tremendous. But That'd be he's great. like singing about, you know, the mean streets of Jersey f- from his mansion. And it's like, bud, you're not that's not your life anymore. You got to you got to move on, pal. You got to write about other stuff. And he's just like stuck with this character for uh, arguably too long. Yeah, but I mean, I, I got to say, though, ICP does definitely they know they they stick to the gimmick. They're not. They're not like Cottonmouth Kings in that regard. They definitely stuck to the gimmick and they evolved. I will, like I said, I will say nice things, but at the same time, bust his balls. Authentic uh, to like this. Like I said, uh, you know, this is what they want to do. They're like, if the goal is we want to be weird murder clowns, then they're crushing it. And that, that regard, that, that actually wasn't the goal. They started off just as regular, a group of regular rappers. Yeah, the, no the paint came later, right? I don't know what's no, they, they always no, had the paint. No, no, they didn't. Their, their they first didn't? album, their first album they released under the JJ Boy, or I'm sorry, under Inner City Posse, um, was literally just three guys that looked like white guys trying to be 
black and like all rappers in the 80s but so i mean at, before that they didn't do the clown shit the next album they did joseph bruce violent J had a dream one night about a dark carnival and he took it as a message from god that he needs to preach the dark carnival as a way to get rid of all the sinners and evildoers what a great sentence if you read if you, if you read his book behind the paint it actually is a very interesting chapter <laughs> Uh, he's like i'm not gonna lie i'm I'm not doing that honestly it's one of the best he didn't write obviously he had a ghostwriter of course but it is one of the like best biographies ever read like it's so entertaining do you want to know a great biography by someone who refused to do use a ghostwriter and insisted on writing himself and you can absolutely tell is mr t by mr t oh my Uh, god he, I'm so good on that. I'm so there's, good on that. There's so much of the beginning of it is him talking about why he wouldn't use a ghostwriter. And uh, it's it's just, it's written. Just please tell me that. Oh, yes. Yes, I was going to say, please, please tell me that it refers to him in the third person an innumerable amount of times. He's pitying fools. Uh, oh, no. Mama. It is oh. one of the best in my life. Oh, that well, makes my heart happy. Well, um, I mean, and basically, ICP, what, uh, they started rapping in 89, so they've been around as long as Gore has, and I, yeah, was Gore, was Gore at Woodstock 99? Do you know off the top of your head, Chancey? I do not know off the top of my head, no. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think I don't think they I'm were. I'll, I'll, I don't think, right, I, I, I don't think Gore was at. If they were, they weren't on any of the main stages. So, like, they would have never been close enough or involved with any of the skullduggery over the last couple. Yeah. Well, no, no. Well, not the last last couple, but the most notorious ones. Yeah. I mean, because, well, I'm I'm trying to think. Like, if ICP and Gwar have ever been on, like, the same concert even together. I don't think think they they hang out. I mean, I would say Google it because I mean, I don't necessarily think that it would be a thing, but fuck it, dude, it totally could possibly be a thing. Um, I bet they're friends. Oh, okay, okay, they have been playing together since the late nineties. It would make perfect sense for them to be asked to go to the gathering. They have played the gathering four times since two thousand eight. Well, there you go. All right, so you think I mean, we talk about how annoying it is that they have to get to the venue so early to get ready because there's so much like well, makeup. And ICP production. does. I, ICP doesn't though because they just fucking slap their face paint on. I swear to God, like, yeah, they're probably I almost get, by now. I get, I get. Well, well, now they actually they they never use makeup artists either. That's always like them painting their own faces. That's the way they would. That's a do, that's but. a thing for like legit clowns is like they take that shit very seriously. Uh, I, well, yeah, I that's a fact. Yeah, I would there's think no now, lie there. I would think by now, though, they just have like one of those like already pre painted things that they have to, they have to put in their face and then they just yeah. peel it off. And so, well, I, I mean, Mr. I'm not to bring him up again, but Mr. T did that with all the gold chains because uh, it took so long to put he all just fused them, them together. He brought he brought them to a jeweler and they just cut the back, put a bar, and like had one link. So he just took it on and off as one big thing. Huh. That all makes sense. But I mean, and yeah, I mean, ICP now 30 five years later basically has had their own massive concert for the last 25 years where yeah. they did. yeah they've helped launch multiple rap careers multiple rock careers i mean yeah. you'll 
there are so many bands at these gatherings that you have never heard of, but you will hear them because of being at the gathering and eventually they get a following. There literally is a band that reminded me of Guar. I saw a couple years ago advertised for the gathering where it's guys dressed in Transformers costumes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard of them. Yeah. But I mean, it's just ICP is incredible. But there is a great book um, by a writer that I like, Nathan Raymond, wrote. uh, I think it's called You Don't. I I know. I just looked it up. It's uh, You Don't Know Me, But You Don't Like Me. uh, And it is a book about. Uh, insane clown posse fish and I, for, I think one other act where it's just like people have really strong opinions like about That's these bands funny. and uh, like without knowing anything about them and well, most of what I know about good. ICP comes from uh, I've not read that book but I've seen like excerpts and heard him talk about it in interviews uh, but also there's a there's an NPR host and podcaster that I really like Jesse Thorne uh, and he did uh, it was like a, a TED talk style like yeah. presentation for creatives called make your thing and he he uses icp as an example of guys who like do a great job of building an audience around themselves and in the talk he keeps making the point and he's like i don't like them as a band but like you have to respect the effort that they put into like building a community around themselves not just like oh these are fans we can make money off of but like really reaching out to these people realizing yeah. what it is that people like about them and then giving those people more of that thing uh so i i saw him do that presentation and since then it's like yeah like i don't necessarily want to listen to insane clown posse but like i get so it's uh, not even i saying i get the appeal isn't necessarily what i mean but it's like when i was listening it, to I- the album today it's like I can see how if this hit me at like a different time in my life, I would have found it much more relatable than I do now as like a boring 40 year old father of two. But if I, that makes sense. You know, if I, I if I felt like a real, if I was a really alienated teen when this dropped, I'd be like, yeah, I get, I might, I might. Yeah. That was, that was actually kind of where I was at with it when it, when I came across ICP, so yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I didn't really get into them until I was in college, but I was an alienated kid in college, so it kind of did sink in. But you kind of—I mean, I don't know if you were an alienated, alienated or not, but you were a teenager when they first came out. So I got you. They were around. When I don't you were think teenager. I heard. Like I, I think even less than Guar. Like I, I knew that they existed. I knew there was this band of dudes who, you know painted their faces like clowns and rapped about murder uh but n- that didn't <laughs> and just they paint up and they rap about death that's all i got yeah that didn't make me go oh i should check those guys out there was See, like I... one super fan in my high school uh but he was a huge jerk so it's like oh well this Ooh. guy that i don't like likes his band so i probably wouldn't like that band that sucks that 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 was the problem in high school i knew nobody that liked icp i didn't know anybody that liked icp in high school i never even heard of them until i I mean i did i did find them on limewire eventually and that's how i first started getting into them and actually one of the songs on this album is the first song i ever heard on limewire and it's what got me into them limewire fucking such a youthful lad i 
I used Napster too for like a month or two before I got taken down officially. But I know, but that's what's funny is that you only got it for like a month or two, and I had it, and I got it. For Napster was like middle school and high school for me, and then we all switched over to LimeWire and Kazaa, and then we all see. I used our computer. See, that's like I never used Kazaa or LimeWire. I always used Winamp because it was much more uh, secure. You were less likely to get the uh, to get the the uh, what is it the 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 compu the compu herpes. Yeah. There's a great, I'm trying, I don't remember what show it was. I was listening to a podcast and they talked about like the history of Winamp. Um, I also liked that little Winamp player that I'm you could customize with the skins. Yeah, you could reskin it. So fucking fun. awesome. And then, oh, I'm sorry. Winamp was the player that I used. WinMX was the program I used to download. Yeah, oh, so I don't I remember saying, Winamp being being a file share. Yeah, saying, it was I, when I, it WinMX. I mean, I was just saying, like, I remember Windows Media Player. I used that like crazy back in the day, yeah. but I, I know. Yeah. Fucking... But um, but Glenn, Sorry. what did you think of this? It's all good, dude. What What did you What did you think of this album a bit? I know, I know how you feel about ICP, but what do you think of this album after listening to it? Sure. Uh, I mean, I didn't enjoy it as much as the Guar one. Uh, but you know, I don't want to just come up on on your show and jump <laughs> on an album you like. That seems rude. Uh, no, that's cool. We do it. All, we we do it all the time. Not I mean, the first time. I, I, I honestly, the first time. It's it feels like the lowest bar for a compliment, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> like I when I saw the the ones that you sent over, I'm like, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I maybe made a mistake. I made a mistake. Uh, oh no, that's even I better. Ended up enjoying more or both of them more than I thought that I would. Um, oh god, that's great. Overall, the thing that I did genuinely enjoy about the album is like all the weird kind of interstitial stuff. Yeah. Uh, where like I I grew up, we would listen to like the Adam Sandler sketch records mm-hmm. a ton or like Cheech and Chong where there's like so much. It's not just like song, song, song. It's like, here's this weird introduction of a broken jukebox. And then that's going to like set up this world. And then there's going to be weird interstitials of like not really sketches, but like scenes with Skits. you know characters yeah. and it does like, like the fill out this mythology and it's like yeah that again like to the point of like they're very good at what they do like yeah this does kind of, i can see how this sets up like a, a real world for people that they want to like live in and they want to go to you know uh where do they do the escape Ohio? no detroit right detroit it's a, it, it varies detroit. No, they're in Detroit. They're in Detroit always. Is it always in the same spot? Because I thought they from, used right? different venues. Yeah, I know they're from Detroit, but I thought they used I mean, different venues. That's my bad. They don't. Well, they do use different venues. They, they usually don't specify in like the skits, like where they are. It's just in. Well, I mean, like like I said, in the, like I said in the first album, in in your town, like that's like they literally said, like the carnival's in your town. So in yeah, wherever you, wherever, wherever you are, this stuff is happening. Yeah. Carnival Carnage. Yeah. I forget which song, but they make a specific reference to Detroit on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, oh, they reference Detroit in every album at some point. <laughs> the thing, yeah. Um, but that thing they do with like they'll pull. I don't know. The one sounded authentic, and then a lot of them sounded more like a skit. Uh, but it's just like we're we're gonna take the audio from this old thing, which was like kind of common in the era. Like other bands were doing this um, sampling, yeah. Like, I'm I mean, a huge sucker for a sample. 
but like Everclear uh, has one uh, where it's just like, here's like 30 seconds of like a preacher broadcast that we're going to put at the beginning of this song for some reason. Oh, right. Um, or like Polaris did it. Uh, the band from Pete and Pete. Uh, Cake, I think, had one. Pete and Pete. God, I, I fucking remember Pete and Pete. And it's, Pete. Pete. And it's uh, that was like a 90s thing where they're like, we're going to take just this uh, weird clip. Um, White Stripes did it too. And it's just like, I don't know why. I love it. I don't know if it's just because I'm the right age where like that was a common thing when I was in middle school and high school where it's like, I like it when bands do that. I like it when there's a weird audio clip from a thing and I don't know what the thing is. And then a song starts right after. Uh, it so could be. Yeah, uh, it could be us. It could be us because I like the same thing. Yeah. Like, and and we're like 10 and five year old would be like, oh, yeah, I like it when there's old timey radio in the middle of my song. But I like like I fell in love with Thunder Kiss 65 based on that whole I don't try anything. I just do it. And then it goes, dun, dun, dun. You want to try me? Fucking sold. I fucking, oh my God. But overall, like well, all the, the like lore of it, I, I did really enjoy. Uh, again, like it didn't really vibe with me, but it's like in a way where you go see a movie where you're like, I don't like this story, but like the effects are great. It looks beautiful where it's like, yeah, there's, you know, stuff I enjoyed about it, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to, you know rock out to this album on well, my next I get, long drive to canada but well i guarantee you two things one if you actually listen to the all six joker cards in the original deck and in, 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 in order you will be so engrossed with the lore that you will i don't know what that means man. <laughs> so essentially okay so essentially to- go ahead dude just go ahead and explain it if you listen to their first six lps like that they did don't listen to the ones in between but the first six lps they did if you look up online they'll tell you what the joker card deck is but yeah basically if you listen to six of those in a row the story is so like in depth that you'll be sucked in like and you'll be like oh my god this is actually good story to some degree i mean it's not gonna be no stephen king but still it's gonna be a good story but and i guarantee you too that even at 40 years old as a father too if you went to an icp concert for shit and giggles at this point i'm not telling you to fa- i'm not telling you to paint your face or anything their live shows are some of the most fun nights i've, I've had paid, i've put on clown makeup for worse reasons man <laughs> <laughs> I, I never painted my face i refuse to paint my face because i think it I, I literally used to work as a birthday clown like yeah i've done I've, oh no shit huh yeah birthday clowns that's a uh, rough go that's a rough go it's it's one of the worst jobs i've ever had yeah, no, I can uh, imagine. I can imagine that it sucks because, like, you know, I come, I come from circus folks. So, like, you know, we we know we don't think of too about clowns and uh, birthday clowns. That's just about a uh, that's like Skid Row for Clownville. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my friend, I'm sorry. I made it through. I made it out. Yeah. I mean, Glad I'm basically a clown now. It's just I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to juggle. I do, but it's not a requirement. Nice. Well, Chancy. Yes, I'm kind of curious. Well, I'm not kind of curious. I kind of really know. So, what do you mean? What do you think of Great Malenko? Dude, I actually like. I forgot about because, like, when I came across ICP for the outside of the Carnival of Carnage, of course, because I came across the Carnival. I came across the Carnival of Carnage through a friend of mine, and. uh 
outside of that, every other ICP song that I ever came across was through fucking Napster and and WinMX and shit like that. And I uh, I didn't realize that so many of like all of my favorites were from that album because I actually hadn't heard the Great Malenko album because essentially somebody like I printed like I put them all on a burnt CD and mm-hmm. listened like was listening to them with a person who is a fan and they're like oh you basically got like the gist of the Great Malenko so you don't even need to listen to that album you can just listen to this one instead and like. I mean, I can't lie, dude. Like, I like the I. It's like it's basically kind of like it is with Flagpole Sitta, where I was in life, uh, how it came to me, and and all that other stuff. Like, it just it always will have a certain place for me in my whole, you know, member berries. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's and see, I wish I found this album when I was a kid. I wish I found this album when I was like a preteen, even early teenage years. Like it would have been because, like, I probably would have been, been a way more super fan back then than I ended up being in college. Like that's kind of how it was for me because, like, I found these guys in like junior high, so like I was like twelve to fourteen or so when I first found them. Yeah, yeah, it was 12 to 14 because it was like 98. Because I remember I got a Gateway 98. That was my first computer. (laughs) And then I had to make sure not to turn on the speakers until after I had connected to the internet so the screaming man in the phone line wouldn't wake my parents up when I was trying to download music and play Quake. And watch porn. (laughs) No, dude, actually, I never did. Because, dude, it, it was ridiculous. It took so long. To download, yeah, it wasn't, even, it wasn't oh, worth it. True, <laughs> true. Gate like, It took like an hour for a picture to load. The effort to get reward just wasn't there yet. Well, we might as well get the top fives going on in because I got, <laughs> I have a luck, I have my lucky number for this album for my own top, and that of course is thirteen. Because how could I not? How could I fucking not? <sighs> one of the greatest combinations of songs ICP ever did put together. I mean, I mean, I put Hocus Pocus and Piggy Pie, the bomb, on my fucking list. That's because those songs to me are just so. I love those songs, but they're overplayed. I mean, especially Hocus Pocus, like it's so overplayed. It got so much MTV play back when it came out. It's just ridiculous. It was like one of their first music videos, really. So, and Piggy Pie, I love, but I just, I've used to dig into it way too fucking hard and piggy pie just stopped being entertaining after a while number 11 though southwest voodoo that one i fucking love because that's just a cl- there's a song on um the wraith before the i am feeling before they reveal the truth about the carnival they have like all these clips from like other songs of theirs from the other five joker cards and like it's just like a 30 maybe even a 20 second clip of like the course from that from like different songs and it's hilarious and it's amazing to hear all those clips put together like all those years put together southwest voodoo is mm-hmm. in there as well and they were from that in there and i love southwest voodoo because it's just the beats amazing the freaking lyrics are amazing number 10 and it surprisingly it's this low is the first icp song i ever downloaded off limewire and that was the netting game because <laughs> 
that was the first ICP song I ever heard was the Netting Game, and it, it wasn't even called the Netting Same. Game. I, th- <laughs> I, I shouldn't say Same, game. but I I think it was called the Dating the Game. The Dating Game, yep. Yeah. It was on. It was always called the Dating Game on all the file share sites. Yeah. But it's called. It was. They call it the Netting Game because netting's what they call a certain body part of a woman. But okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. It's in the book why they call it that. I forget why the hell they call it that, but. But I mean, the Netting I'm Game is not one... even a hundred percent sure which part. <laughs> right. Uh, well, it's ICP, so you're obviously talking about a woman. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've narrowed it down. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, but the Netting Game is one of the funniest fucking songs you ever hear in your life. For sure. Like, uh, he was he was standing on a bucket trying to fuck trying to it. Trying to fuck it. Damn. It dog. was a big old fucking smelly ass farm llama. Damn, dog. How you gonna dish your mama? Like, oh my god, like the lines in that fucking song are priceless, but they are they are epic. I mean, like it is kind it's of good funny stuff. That the, the like contestants turn on each other a bit towards the end. Right. Like that's uh that he's, got me a little bit right he's a he's a contestant number one is a crazy psychotic circus clown his friends call him stretch nuts like i fucking love it like it's just serial and, killer clown i like and chance you just wait when you hear when i eventually bring on shaggy's uh last ep he dropped there's actually a song that explains why he's called stretch nuts okay his nuts got stretched I imagine not, that either, either that or that they stretch on there, like he's got an unnaturally stretchy oh, sack or something. Mr. Fantastic. He's reading her, What's that? What'd you say? Uh, who? Uh, Jeremy. He said oh, something about fucking I being close. Hear, I said you'll have to hear it, buddy. I said you'll have oh, to hear it. Oh, you'll have to hear it. Uh, I guess if I must. But, uh,. <sighs> Number nine was, of course, the one that everybody loves, and I. It took me a long time to even like this song. Like, I did not like the song for a long time when I first heard it, but after seeing it live a couple times, it kind of did sink in. And that's Boogie Woogie Woo. Okay. Like, I I was not a fan of that song for a long time because I thought it was just too stupid. But after huh. seeing it, okay. After seeing after seeing it live and seeing like six people underneath this fucking like costume, like it's supposed to be like the boogeyman, like looks like a fucking worm, but it's supposed to be the boogeyman. I don't get that. Okay. But, uh, okay. But uh, yeah, I was eight, with you. I was with you until the worm boogeyman thing, but that's cool. Well, when they have it on stage, it literally looks like a Chinese dragon. Oh, okay. That makes more that's sense. Really, you you should have went with that description more than. Uh, I didn't think it, of that description right away, but but that's what that's really what it looks like. It's like a it's like a dragon in a Chinese New Year's parade or something like that. But no, I see you can't. No, number eight was House of Horrors for me because. House do you like now? Do you like now, Carter? No, good because you won't find him here. <laughs> like I, fuck, <laughs> I, the first, the first time I heard that, I had to look up who the fuck Nell Carter was. But I mean, still, it's just like the song is fucking hilarious. I mean, you're born to burn. Shut the fucking door. Like, oh my god, that song. Like, uh, I used to know that song by heart. I can't. That's what pissed me off about this fucking about listening to ICP nowadays. I can't do every rap by heart like I used to be able to. But you'll have to excuse me. My emotional support cat, my emotional support cat is attempting to protect me from my dangerous snake like pen and dangerous pad of paper. It's like, bro, hey, Casey, every time. Oh, Casey's over there in bed, but 
It's it like for real though. Every time I'm doing this in bed, he'll like lay in bed and like he'll claw at the paper. So like I have to start all fucking over and shit. It's just like it's like, bro. Like I don't even need your fucking assistance right now. Like, can you just chill out with me while I listen to this album for fuck's sake? And he's like, no, I'm gonna need that fucking pen. Well, number seven for me was down with the clown because I, I I mean. How could anyone not love that song? How could anyone not love that song? It's just fucking classic. I mean, it's just a it's a follower song. They're follower songs they've done over the years. Down with the Clown, uh, Everybody Rise, Juggalo Island, like Juggalo Paradise. Like they're fucking amazing songs. Like, was that songs like a are... was that like a ripoff of Gangsters Paradise? No, it's not. It's not called Jungle Paradise. I'm trying to think what the fuck it's called. I can't. Uh, I, I'm sorry. It was just a really shitty attempt to try to make oh. a joke. Uh, that's it. It it starts with a P. It's Juggalo Party. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Yeah, but number six though. Number this is when it gets like this is the older me talking for the C now because number six and number five are kind of theme related. But number six is how many times because it's just one of those songs that's about true life and it's so fucking. Everything they say in there is true. Like I go into the DMV to pay a parking ticket. The the woman the woman behind the counter just acts like a fucking bitch. You're just a worthless piece of shit. I go out to my car and what do I see? Another parking ticket. Like it's it's life. It's the fucking Murphy's law of life. Like shit always fucks up. But then number five kind of hits the same light because it's under the moon. Because like that true lo- that that life where like you truly love someone but then you just do something for them that you shouldn't have done and it fucks you over for a long time like that's and like it starts off as like a romantic song like we'll always be together because we're both under the moon but then it, it turns to the end like i'm gonna fucking kill this bitch because we're both under the moon still like it's like okay i love that turn i love that turn it's life okay and then the next two gotta go with my views and religion because number four is Pass Me By, the last song on the fucking CD. Because they actually, I mean, whether you believe in heaven or he- in hell or religion at all, all that shit, Pass Me By is actually a nice thing to think about. Like, the way they sing it, the way they rap it, it's just a... To think that all that exists when you die makes it worthwhile almost to live. Like, I mean, all you can eat, fucking nice car, like, you have... Everything provided for you when you get there is fucking awesome. And plus the song before it that's not on my list, but I love the song before it that like kind of leads up to like him getting shot and like the final song taking place. But and number three is <laughs> Hallelujah, because I fucking hated Televangelist my whole life. And that song that makes fun of Televangelist, I fucking love. We were just talking about faith healers in my other podcast, Global Strangers, this past Sunday. And I actually sent that song to all my fucking co-hosts and be like, all right, this is a song I was talking about on the air. Like, it's just like a, uh, I hate those fucking televangelists. I hate the faith healers on TV that like scam people out of their money. And he's like, I'll get you God's autograph. Allah's, Buddha's too. Doesn't matter to me. But number two, though. What is a juggalo? Because it is one of the best fucking songs ever written by them. Ooh, you're gonna be so mad. He'll eat Monopoly and shit out Connect Four. Like that's just fucking hilarious. I wrote the same line down. Yeah. That's a classic. And plus, I mean, uh, the whole he'll dip you dip dip his nuts in your soup. 
oops like honestly that, that line kind of turned it around for me in terms of like being kind of skeptical to like actually i think some of this might be kind of good it's it's genuinely really funny and then one of them says it and then the other one like stops them he's like no just keep going don't worry about it like no nah, nah, yeah keep going just keep it oh, yeah. going yeah yeah because he's like because like shit monopoly elite monopoly and shell connect four and the, and the other one's like and shaggy's like huh that doesn't make sense <laughs> don't worry about it just keep rapping keep rapping yeah. like it's just don't worry about it just, just keep it just keep it flow they do That's the same thing it, they do the same thing in a song in the next album jekyll brothers uh where it's like uh it's called i want my shit and it's about like one of them being alive immortal and like traveling through time like in different places and he's talking about the civil war he's like i crossed enemy lines with my mac 10 he's like and shaggy jumps in he's like they even had those back then <laughs> yeah and then like jay gets back around he's like crossed enemy lines with a lantern <laughs> with <laughs> a lantern <laughs> like it's just it's just funny like the way like they the, the way that on purpose they like make them like they catch each other and rap and shit on purpose obviously it's all written but yeah and right. number, one, number, number one is what i have said during our icp bracket we did last year during anytime i talk about icp this song is the fucking best song they've ever done and the music video is actually pretty fucking awesome too but hall of illusions is my number one fucking song i know my good friend freddie fisher agrees with me it's the best song they've ever done as well because it's just such an accurate song like people living these fake lives like oh look so at mad. Both your both both these both your, your son and daughter are in honors class and they're the head of their baseball teams, like all this good shit. Nope, they're sitting at home at home smoking crack and your daughter's got nut stains on her back. Like it's like fucking oh, like it's just the, the rawness in that song. And then because Slash plays the Slash plays the guitar in that song. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they got they they uh, met Slash at. They got, I think their agent at the time or, or their manager got Slash to come in and do it. And like they say in the book that all they say in the book that all Slash did was talk shit about actual roles the whole time. But basically, yeah. Cause that was the whole, you know, falling out period. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, that song is just so real. And like in the video that you, that you can, you, you, in the music video, like it's just like a carnival ride, basically. Like, it's two people getting in a car, like they're going through and they're like, they're seeing like, it's like a dark ride. You're seeing all, they're seeing all these scenes like jump out at them and stuff. And oh, I fucking love it. Like, and the whole like great Malenko wave your wand thing they do for the course. It's so sick with the guitar, the guitar riff behind it. I mean, it's just, to me, it's always been the best song. I actually, the, one of my favorite pairs of pants I had for like fucking 15 years is a pair of blue, light blue, dark blue army pants that Shaggy Too Dope is wearing in that video. Like, I had those for so long until they ripped, and I was, like, so pissed when that happened. Those were the most comfiest pants in the fucking world. But uh, the only thing I was missing from this is the dreadlocks from that video, but I'm too white to pull That's that off. That's probably a good I'm choice. Like I'm like them. I mean, they're, they can pull it off white. They did it for years. But, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, Hall of Illusions is the best fucking song ICP has ever done. It's just, it's so metal. It's so truthful. Like, I like songs that point at the fakeness of reality and that song hits it now hits the fucking nail on the head with the hammer of life basically i love that they point that out and i mean and when you hear them talk about that song in the book too like when they were writing it like that's, that's why the book's so good because it tells you why they wrote these songs the way they did and it's just like it gets in deep it's like oh my god these guys are actually intelligent to some degree it's amazing 
I never thought they were until I read the book. But that's my top thirteen for Great Malenko. And yeah, the- right. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop before this ends up being a three-hour show. But what were your top five there, Glenn? For I uh, see. Sure. I, uh, I was interested to hear yours, and then every time we had one of the same ones, I got like excited, and then I remembered the premise of the show is we're pulling from the same album. So it's like, yeah, I mean, the odds are pretty high. Uh, I would put Southwest Voodoo as my uh, my honorable mention because. I mean, I didn't like connect with it on any real level other than like, yeah, like you said, the beat's kind of good. Like it just was nice to listen to. Uh, number five, I will I will give it to what is a juggalo? Uh, because like, I'm again, just like the world building stuff of it all, like as, as kind of an outsider to this, listening to it and being like, oh yeah, like I, I get all the stuff that I know about fans of this band are like reference and it's like oh so this is like where that comes from and then like just the throughout the album the number of times they talk about like hatchets or whatever it's like oh uh, yeah i could see why that tattoo makes more sense now uh like that kind of realization motherfucking um, hatchet man yeah uh i boogie woogie i did also like it was like a much harder version of the song oogie boogie sings in nightmare before christmas right you got a hatchet tattoo is that what that is yeah oh, he's got yeah he's got a hatchet man tattoo uh <laughs> yeah he even did the call sign as well jesus christ nice what's that e? um i forget where i left off oh boogie, boogie. uh house of horrors i also liked I, I made the note that uh if i was in high school this would be hilarious um which i don't mean like oh because you'd have to be like a dumb high school it's just like yeah, the stuff that I liked in high school, I would have absolutely jumped on board with this. Now at 40, it's like a little bit of a disconnect, but it's like, no, you're right. Like it is it's a pretty funny song. Uh I also really liked Halls of Illusion, but that is my number 2. And again, just like kind of all the lore and world-building stuff that gets laid out in that song. Even like the intro with like then just repeating the the Malenko thing. It's like, yeah, like it's like the beat of it is like pretty chill. Um, yeah yeah do you like the intro because when i i had it like set to just like loop the album without realizing it and then like the oh yeah through, when that started it's like yeah like just the guy kind of like whispering it I'm like yeah great Malenka, great that's like yeah like it you kind of get into it i can see how like and then it goes know. into the great Malenko. yeah it's like yeah nice uh but my favorite song in the album is under the moon uh, oh nice i think it is because it reminds me uh like there's uh one of my other favorite bands catch 22 uh has a song what goes around uh comes around uh one of my wife's favorite bands something corporate has a song uh i think save you and it's like a similar like theme of uh a guy does like extreme thing for a girl and then it doesn't pay off and it's like uh just the narrative of the song it's like it, like they're they're telling a whole story like there's a clear through line of it in a way that uh i, don't, I just i like that's all kind of like vigilante spurned storyline throughout it and it's like yeah like this is a thing that i've heard in other songs but it's like other songs that i enjoy so yeah i like that one i like that perspective I mean, that's really cool man oh the, i mean the whole like change part where he's like I write a letter every day. She never writes back, but I'll write one yeah. anyway. And it's like, oh, like that's where you know it's about to get creepy as shit. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, there's it's like a Joker origin story, basically, where it's like, oh, I'm going to do this uh, thing, and, and then everything's going to be okay, and it's going to be good, and then it's not. Well, it depends what Joker origin story you're talking about, because there's like I think he's talking about the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, but I just I guess I mean the platonic ideal of a Joker origin uh, story. Uh, but I mean, but it's they also do a bonus song on a CD I brought in here for ICP, uh, Bang Bow Boom, where it's uh it's called Our Hero. And it's uh, basically go ahead. I got I, I got something to add at the end. But it's basically a song about Shaggy escaping from uh jail because he hears his girlfriend on the phone like getting fucked by another guy. Oh right. He, he he escapes from jail and like ends up killing her and the boyfriend, her and uh, the new guy, and then like <laughs> He, get, he he sneaks back into the into the mental hospital and like he's just like not, nothing ever happened. Like, hmm, <laughs> uh, 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 Can you just what are the other versions of the album? Because that came up on oh like, re- so like, the, like like remasters and the cover stuff like that. Was like a different color. So there's like green, yeah, one and a blue one. That was oh, the that was a remaster, and the then there genres was a... were different for all three. But then when I put it on, it sounded the same. So like it wasn't like there's a rock version of the song, there's a metal version of the song. I think it was just classified. No, no, it's, no there's a, actually I can't fucking find it really. But oh wait, because it yeah, shows up when I looked the album up on Apple Music. Yeah. And at the end, it says other versions, and there's just mm-hmm. like different colored covers with the same. It did titles. it. It did it for YouTube Music on mine as well. I know one. I know the one with the green face. Like that's the one that weird. Was- the one like there's like a different one the but one of them is a remaster okay the one, one of the, the two one, yeah uh well i mean originally there was two two versions of this to begin with because there's the disney release one which is really hard yeah to nowadays yeah and then there were and then there was the one that icp redid because they had to they basically had to and uh i'm trying to look at it fucking oh actually there's two all right yeah there are two versions of this on spotify the original green one, and then there's a yellow one. It's the 20th anniversary version of Great Malenko. And yeah. there's a there's a second disc with a lot of songs that were taken off the original album and like remixes of other songs as well. Like there's a different mix for what is a juggalo in that one and whatnot. So God. Basically like Sorry. a remaster. But yeah. yeah. Anniversary edition. 20th anniversary, because this 20th anniversary would have been 2017. So yeah. But, uh, Chancey, what were your top five for Great Man, I hope you're sitting down because, like, I've got, I, I gave a, Obviously. I gave a, I gave a great review because I, I really, it's, this is like one of my, I was super, I've been super excited about this episode for up until today because, like, all day long today, I was so busy at work, I wasn't able to actually get, my songs down because like i was able to listen to all but all the albums and get your guys's you know picks written out except for mine and so like i was stressing and it wasn't until like a couple hours before i got off work that i had the ability to kind of like get it done and uh I, I'm sorry, I'm stalling because Jeremy's going to be really pissed. So I've got two, I've got uh, <clears throat> I got three honorable mentions for mine. Um, number eight is the Hall of Illusions. Motherfucker. 
But that's I, the best one I've heard. I mean, it, I yeah, it, 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 I know, and that's why I had to put it on the list because it was it, it, you know, it's, it's just nice it's that you kept it in there for your friend. Kind of like that. Like I knew it's one of his favorites. I I gave it a shot because it was kind of one of the first times that I had heard it. I've heard it before, but like I never really put much effort into listening to it. And I wanted to give it a shot for Jeremy. And I was like, that's got to go on the fucking list. Absolutely. For sure. And then uh, number seven is uh, how many times. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, number seven was Piggy Pie. I and th- there's there's two versions of that song. There's the other version I like better. I think. What to Piggy Pie? On one of the Forgotten Freshness um, EPs they did, there's a uh, another version of that song. I think uh, it's called the old. I think it's called the old school version. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Uh, number uh, six is uh, how many times? Uh, number five is what is a juggalo? Uh, number four is the great Malenko. Number three is Hocus Pocus. Always did love Hocus Pocus. It was fucking, I like just like how it. There's a headhunter. There's a there's a version of that called the headhunters version. I like better, but fair enough. And number two for me is Boogie Woogie Woo. That was actually one of the like between you know, uh, like after Carnival of Carnage. I my like I said my friend had, so I was able to listen to that whole CD. Like when I downloaded it off the internet from Napster and shit. Like the ones that I got was like the Net and Game and fucking Piggy Pie and and uh uh boogie woogie woo was the three ones that i got like right out the gate but uh like i said boogie woogie woo is number two and then number one for me is the intro uh i'm the intro of course you like the intro i mean it is fun it is funny but no dude i'm playing number one's gonna be the net game i i I had to go back i I had to play out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, have you not have you not seen this before no but like the look oh. you drop, and you dropped intros number oh. one and then just sat there smiling waiting for him to oh react. so oh. so okay okay now now you made me tell the cods piece story all right now i'm going to tell this story okay so like uh if jeremy like anytime jeremy picks an album especially if it's one that i don't particularly care for or if like i just really want to fuck with him um if it's got like little skit tracks in between or like intros or instrumentals or anything like that, like there was one album where there were enough skits, intros and instrumentals that I made like my entire top five, all skits and stuff like that. And you then like, your, you did, you did that. You did that with your CD with, uh, I'm gonna bring a friend Oh yeah. With Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. I did it without, I did it with Eminem. That was what I did it with just to fuck with him. And <laughs> then, and then, uh, on his, like I said, I always just like, if it's got an intro or some kind of some shit like that, like it always inherently goes straight to number one. And then like it caught him off guard, obviously, because 
obviously it will you know, he's like, what the fuck is this like you're what the, this is fucking bullshit and i was fucking with him and i think he caught on that i was fucking with him so then i actually started coming up with like actual top fives or like number ones to go inside like in this case with the net game but like every now and then i'll just like leave it as is so like because he was waiting for a second because he was just like Oh, of course you like the fucking intro. And then he kind of stopped and waited again for a second. Like, is he gonna, is he, is this like, is he really fucking pulling the trigger on this one? Or is he fucking with me? Right. Probably like one of my, like, I'd say between that and like roasting him about his albums are probably like, like equal, equal favorite things to do with this show. It's like, it's, it's part of what gets me out of bed in the morning. When when his girlfriend doesn't do that, I take care of it for me sometimes, you know. But but well, listeners, musers, we brought you an album three as always. It in our longest running episode ever, we brought you three amazing albums. Well, two good out, al- two great albums, and one album that I'm learning to love. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't write it. Uh, right. But people like. People like me get offended when people don't like their music. Chancing, you motherfucker. But um, so yeah, we're I even mean, in so. terms of. I feel like how we in the ter- the length to which we enjoy each other's albums. Yeah. I can't get mad at you for not liking Merrymakers more. I mean, right. it, it definitely is a good album. It's just not one I put on and repeat. I mean, I can't. In all honesty, I can't even listen to Great Malenko that often anymore. Like it just if a song from it comes on, I'm in the mood. Then sure, but like I never sit down and really listen to icp albums all the way through unless it's for the show like guys it's just not I mean, same <laughs> i mean icp is great when you're delivering pizza for hours upon hours and um yeah when, you, when you're delivering pizza for hours upon hours and you're drinking while doing it then yeah icp is great i don't know or, or, or if you're high i recommend it or if you're high off your ass while delivering pizza for hours in your early 20s then yes icp <laughs> is great but I mean, that's, but there, there are also a lot darker hardcore groups that I like besides ICP that I prefer to listen to. So, I mean, yeah, ICP dude, there was that? one time, there was one time that like I was listening to the album that he like presented to the show and I was kind of under weather. And I like, I know you said you're not much of a wrestling fan, but I know, I'm assuming you know who Mick Foley is. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. So do you remember there was one ep- there was one match that he was in where he didn't want to tap out, so he gave himself the mandible claw until he passed out. I don't remember that, but doesn't it doesn't matter, but that's something that actually happened in a wrestling ring. And I literally equated the same scenario to listening to that album because I literally just like passed the fuck out rather than have to listen to that fucking album. Oh, man. <laughs> you know that was a good oh, laugh when it made him car with you you know it was a good laugh when it made him cough even harder all right that's yeah. fucking that 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 made my whole night right hey, there you were you were sick when you're trying to listen to that shit you need to go back and listen to it when you weren't sick i listened to it twice once when i felt better and then once while i was sick so like i gave it i gave it a second fucking strafing run and i wish i would have sunk it Dude, Scum is amazing. You sunk I've my crapple him, ship. I've seen him live. Scum's amazing, but he's a he's a rush he's a rapper from Russia that has an accent still, and it's freaking amazing. But okay. and he likes it. 
he he's I literally okay. My story time for a concert, I guess, before we wrap up. Yay! I I was at Scum Con. I was at a rap show that Scum was headlining with um my cousin who was not really into hardcore, but he went just for the fun of it, and literally like. Scum starts rap- rapping and like he has like this uh big sack tied up to a pole on the stage. It's supposed to be a dead body. And sack. It, and basically like he he'll, he'll hump it during the show and whatnot. He gets to this one song and he's just like he's like he has a knife in his hand. He's just like cut her from the pussy to the throat. Cut her from the pussy to the throat. And like it's just my cousin's like I'm gonna go sit at the bar. I'll see you when they I'll see you after this after this set. And my cousin just walks away, and I'm just like sitting, there like, okay, yeah, like it's just, it's scum. It hard, scum is true hardcore. Like, there's hardcore artists out there that would like they, some of the songs they do make me like at the be- sit back and be like, that's not okay, that's not okay, that's not okay, that's not okay. But I'm gonna love it anyway. <laughs> and it, and it was at that moment that we lost Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a, a more mild version of that reaction to some of the stuff today, where it's just like, oh ah. god. But yeah, I I powered. Okay, through. well, I'm, I got through Quar. Well, th- th- thank God it was '97 and Scum and all those things weren't really a thing yet for another ten years or so. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank but, thank God indeed for real. Chancy, you will be getting our scum. There's like 20 scum albums out there, so you're gonna be getting. Oh, dude, I know. But remember, you need to you need to like really think this through when you're making me listen to stuff that you know that you're trying to torment me with because you don't even know what my nuclear option is, dude. Glenn, no, Glenn, check it out. Right, <laughs> I went I went and dove straight down a rabbit hole to find some of the most disturbing pieces of. Uh, sound, we'll call it. They refer to it as music, but uh, like noise rock or whatever. Not, not not even. It's like it's worse than that. But like, I'm waiting for him to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking do this," and it's like, "Well, welcome to my fucking nuclear option." It's an hour and one minute, and I made it three minutes into the album and shut it off because I was like. Nah, I can't do this. Because I was going to be like, okay, well, I'll listen to the album so that way I'll already know what I'm going to choose. So that way, fucking... And the best part about it is is that like, I've got it picked out in a way that I know for a fact because of my friends and co-hosts fucking humor base that when he sees this album that I present to him, he's going to be super fucking excited, stoked, and, and amused by it because of just the craziness behind it all. And then fucking as soon as he pushes play, he's going to immediately know that he now lives in Pripyat and fucking Chernobyl is about to go down. We shall see, Chancy Pants. We shall see. But Glenn, we're so happy to have you on because it's Thank been a you fun for having talk. Me, guys. It was a blast. And he- and you have set the record for the longest episode we've ever done. So congratulations. I have, I talk too much. I no, actually no, no, no. I, I interrupted far too much. I'm <laughs> I'm that's kind of what I do. I get excited. I'm Jojo the idiot circus boy. No, it was worth it. I had a great time. I did too, and that's part of what it was, man. And folks, don't worry. The next we're recording another weekend special episode this weekend, and it's gonna be a rocking episode. So come check that out. I'm not going to reveal any of the bands yet because there's some big albums in there that people will recognize immediately. And 
one album that maybe not so much, but we'll get to that on, on this Saturday. But Glenn, where can they find you, your comedy, and everything you do? Sure. Uh, it's I'm just at Glenn Tickle across all the social media platforms that I'm still on. Uh, and I put out a special a couple weeks ago, Glenn Tickle against the World Crime League, that is free to watch on my YouTube channel. And it's coming soon to store the Tickle Me Glenn stuffed animal just in time for Christmas. Yeah, I need I need new merch, so I'll, I'll take it under advisement. Tickle Me Glenn. Not to be confused with the other red one, but that is creepy and demonic. But yeah. Can't, can't see where can find you? got popular like my <laughs> freshman year of high school. It could not have been more poorly timed for me. I'm sure. <laughs> but Chancy, where can they find you besides the void? Well, you know, obviously, as you said, the void. But as usual, for the, you know, 1,386th day consecutively now, the world's most uneventful scavenger hunt continues. This down here is my real name. That's my real first name. If you can find me on Facebook, then you have won the scavenger hunt. Uh, on uh, TikTok and on uh, Instagram, it's uh, the Red Eye Roundtable. On X, it's uh, Red Eye Table. And uh, let's see. Obviously, I can be found on YouTube under Maniacal Music Musings. And on Facebook, I can be found on the uh, uh, Uncensored, Unapologetic, and Untamed fucking podcast collective group thing and then i think i think if i'm also not mistaken we're also like streaming out to a thing called the blind knowledge network because all knowledge was blind until jeremy fucking figured it the fuck out and got better bud fucking fuck you i've been waiting to do that for so long <laughs> motherfucking stole my thunder motherfucker stole my thunder Finally. so what, okay, let's let's hear your outro now sir this motherfucker comes in with over the top intros and i literally just like <laughs> came like just straight off the top of my head all of the shit i always forget i fuck it up all the time i'm literally the worst at this <laughs> well since chancy did most of the work for me tonight folks just remember, you can find us on Twitter and the gram, or I'm sorry, XXBaby in the gram is that Juggle Bastard. And you can find us on TikTokie as that Juggle Bastard podcast. And you can also find us streaming live on Parapost Network on Facebook now, a home for all podcasts and vodcasts all around the world. And just remember, you can be paranormal too, just like Chansey every day of your life. Have a good night, musers. Well, if you got through all this, God bless you. We'll see you next episode. Peace. And Glenn, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Please, thanks. Walk through the doors into the halls of illusions.